Welcome to the On Point Podcast, a channel dedicated to helping you be the best hunter you can be. On Point is designed to help motivate and inspire you to get more out of yourself and your gear during your next hunt. If you're looking for information that will directly impact your success and help inspire you to go on new adventures, whether you're hunting with a bow or a rifle, On Point is the channel for you. Welcome everybody to episode one. This is the episode where I get to sit down with Trent and Cody from Born and Raised Outdoors and we literally cover pretty much everything. Uh, if you're wanting to hear about gear to elk hunting to how to get sponsors, start your business and, and start your journey in the outdoor industry, this really does have it all. Um, we cover stuff, we you know how to hunt with a family for 50 something days, you know, I mean it literally we hit pretty much every area I was wanting to go over and then some. So. Uh, it was an awesome podcast. It flew by. I think it's like two hours long, but it absolutely just flew by. And I'm sure I'll be having them back on the show again. So uh, hopefully we got some of your guys' questions answered. I did make sure I asked a lot of them. And uh, give me some feedback. Give me a review. Five star. I'm going to continuously have giveaways, a.k.a. bribes for five star reviews. But you have to leave a comment. I had a handful of guys that didn't or girls that did not leave comments with their five-star reviews so they didn't get entered because I don't know who it was so be sure to give a five-star review with a comment and uh, you might win a bribe so there is that which brings me to Onyx Maps thank you for the donation these guys support the podcast um, they believed in me even before pretty much the beginning um, when I was talking to them and they are just such cool guys such a great company to work with and they have donated an elite membership for a lucky listener who qualified either on Instagram or uh, by leaving a review on one of my other platforms for the podcast. And uh, just thank you so much. And if you haven't got your feet wet with Onyx Maps, it's super cheap to do it. I mean, you can do it for 30 bucks or less. Pick your state and then just find tons of new area to go hunt. You know, what's that ranch over there? Or what's that little chunk of property over here? I've always liked that area. Can I hunt that? This will answer those questions for you. I have added a lot of hunting area just outside of town uh, where I live that I never knew about. I mean, it's insane. It's like Google Maps for hunters. So go give them your business. If you don't win, at least check them out. It's a great present for somebody. I, I usually give it away for birthday or Christmas presents uh, for folks that hunt. Um, it's awesome. So thank you, Onyx Maps, for doing that. And uh, I, I look forward to working with you guys more in the future. So with any more ado, uh, let's dive into this episode. I will announce the winner in the end. But uh, thank you guys again for tuning in. And thank you, bro, for making an awesome episode for the first episode of the podcast. So let me know what you guys think. Leave me a review. Make sure you leave a comment so you can get entered in the future giveaways. And I will see you on the next one, guys. We are recording, <sighs> and we're live. I had a little bit of a heart flutter there. A little palpation. Oh, gosh, yeah. I had to go to the bathroom already, so. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> thank God for the pause button. I love it. So uh, thank you guys for, for coming on to the show. Um, this has been a while coming. 
<laughs> yeah, first off, I just want to say thank you. It's super humbling that you wanted us on your first show. <laughs> it's uh, I just thank you so much, and it's so right. awesome to watch you grow and watch you you've done what you've done, mm. and it's 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 amazing stuff, man. Thank you. Well, I've had the opportunity to watch you guys for what like the last nine years, ten years. How long yeah, have you guys been doing years. this? Eleven, yeah. eleven. Yeah, started in two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. Holy smokes! How this whole thing even get started? Uh, well, it just started out actually, um, man, long story short, it was a bunch of guys that were watching television and watching the outdoor channel and seeing stuff that wasn't real, you know, mm. pretty much. And, and so I think it just kind of inspired us to that not real. And the fact that we live in Roosevelt country and you never mm. got to see Roosevelt hunts very often. And we wanted to portray a real Roosevelt hunt like we experienced it all the time. So mm. we tried to do that and found out it was harder to do. That's why <laughs> that's why nobody had done it. <laughs> it was a difficult task. Yeah. Right. yeah. You never realize how hard it is until you actually try doing it. Like I was watching uh, Solo Hunter on YouTube. Yeah. And I was like, I can do that. I'm going to go out and make some my own videos. And then, and then I didn't get one shot on film all year last year. It's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this is way harder of a challenge. And then you add in rainforest country raining all the time you add in really bad visibility like we're talking autofocus manual uh, yeah there's just so many variables you can't even take an account before you get out there and do it it is a challenge and then with last year with the uh, land of the free project you guys killed it <laughs> well like <laughs> jumped right in we did jump right in <laughs> we yeah. got a little lucky on day one <laughs> yeah. Say, yeah. you couldn't have scripted that any better and that's the whole thing if people look at that project and say wow that's mm. how roosevelt goes that, that's not too bad <laughs> yeah. i'm going there right. uh, don't 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 take that for a oh, for yeah. a second it's it's very difficult and we just got very fortunate in the roosevelt scene on the project last year it was it was awesome right those hushing guys kind of got spoiled on yes, the first what was it like three days or uh yeah yeah, four, yeah, killed two bulls in four days. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. You yeah. don't hear a lot of guys doing that around here, and then you sure as heck don't hear it with cameras in their hands. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, we were very blessed on that one. Huh. It was a good time. So, where did you guys even learn how to put down elk like that? Um, <laughs> trial and error. Yeah, pretty mm. much. I mean, we always talk about now. I think we talk about so much if. If we knew then what we know now, not saying that we're you know great mighty hunters at all, but at the <laughs> same time, just some of the things that we've learned through the years mm -hmm. and how back then elk were more uneducated. I would say mm. calling wasn't. I mean, it was everybody was doing it, but not at uh, at the level that people are doing it now. Right. So I think the elk were a lot more responsive, but. Um, so you do, I mean, it is important to us to sound real, to sound, to do everything that we can to mimic exactly what we're hearing. Mm. And, um, and that's kind of how we grew through it. And that's what made us successful. And that, and just watching elk behavior. And Teamwork. What they I mean, do. Oh yeah. 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 Did you guys' families grow up elk hunting and did, yeah. were you brought into it or did you have to cut your teeth yourself? Yes yeah, so or no. I mean, we all elk hunted. Our families did throughout the whole time, but. I mean, dad, he kind of innovated, a, had a little bit of something to do with the calling thing. My dad did. Mm. And um, back in, with uh, Abe Moline back in the day. Mm. And um, anyway, and they had these, you know, the, uh, what was it, uh, swimming pool pipes or vacuum cleaner yeah. hoses. Yeah, hot, hot tub hoses. <laughs> yeah, hot yeah. tub hoses or whatever. And they integrated that and then put some reeds on them and made some external stuff and and uh, made some sounds out of them and, and, mm. and got some elk talking. You said Abe. I have an Abe and Sons bugle. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Ralph, Ralph Malines. My first that, yeah. one. 
Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Steve Howard, who's in our group, he used to actually work in Abe Moline's shop. Okay. Built, he owned an archery shop calls. there. In, really? In, yeah, in Coos Bay. And That's so, pretty cool, man. Yeah, he built calls a long time ago. So I love of, using local gear or semi-local gear, you know. It just makes it that much more special when it does happen. Absolutely. So. Yeah. But uh, so if people don't know, um, you guys have a lot of DVDs out prior to the Land of the Free project. And in the beginning, there was more than just you guys. It was, uh, you had Ty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, towards the end there, Josh Keller came in somewhere. In oh, there. Yeah. oh, yeah. Yep. And yeah. that's where Cody kind of touched on teamwork. Uh, I would say 90% of our success is we work as a team and um, we're out for one goal, and that's to get that shooter a shot at an elk. Mm-hmm. And you have to be as selfless as you can in order to make that happen. And by doing that, your success rate goes way up. Right, right, right. right. Well, I, I'll tell you, I talk to a lot of guys that are like trying to get footage. And my question is, are you willing to lose an animal because you're filming? Like, are you willing to blow a chance? And if you're not, you're not going to get the footage because it's going to happen. Yeah. Like when I was in Africa, uh, I lost a really good opportunity at a huge black wildebeest because I was wanting to get that shot on film. That's what I, that's a big motivation for me going there. And like, if you don't have a guy that's willing to leave his bow in the truck, I think you guys even said that before. Like if you're filming that day, you're not shooting. No, no, yeah, no. That, that's yeah, that's just it. You you basically you carry the camera. You don't carry a call. You don't carry binoculars. Mm-hmm. Carry the camera. So, film, uh, talking about cameras, what are you guys carrying around? What kind of what kind of cameras and gear and stuff? Um, I mean, we've got like crazy to think like the evolution. When we started, it mm-hmm. was all on tape, and it was like mini DV. It wasn't even <laughs> HD really? at that time. So, <laughs> went from there. That was a Canon GL two. Then we went to an HDV tape. Like and that was the mini the handicams, remember? Yeah, mm. yeah. We had the little handicams. <laughs> yeah. We had the big oh, yeah. we had big Canon XHA ones, broke those. <laughs> <laughs> broke pretty much everything that's been about. Then went to Canon T three I, Panasonic GH four, and now we're rolling Sony A sixty five hundreds. Really? And it's been the best setup ever. Super simple. Yeah. Does a great job. Even yeah. I can use it. How so many cameras works. did you guys lose to rain? You know, in the past. Yeah. Over the we know, I don't think we ever dunked one 100% and broke it. Um, I mean, the one, like... It is pretty cool when you turn it on and it says... It's this moisture. moisture. Yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> even not record. Work. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, like, that, those Sonys, they're pretty dang weatherproof. Really? I mean, yeah. They we have been some nasty stuff. Snowing and cold and, yeah. you know, it eats some batteries, but, yeah, still, still performs. So that, um, yeah, so that, like, thinking back... We used to have to watch the tape, write the time codes down <laughs> of like the in and out points on the tape, and then we'd manually like put that in Excel sheet, and then it would only, and then we'd play it back to capture that like all real time. So if you shot an hour's worth of footage, mm-hmm. it took you an hour to watch the tape to put the in and out, and then it took you really? that same hour to play through it to record it. So three hours just to like bring it in now. <laughs> slap an SD card in, and five minutes later, you're up and going and rock and rolling. It's really? like brutal. But huh. I'm excited. We're, we're going to do some videos like where we're literally going to go to that tape box now and like pull those things out. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Kind yeah. of the nostalgic. Exactly. Feel. Throwback. Throwback. That's going to be cool. One of my goals of this episode was to, because I was telling you guys earlier, I want people to know you guys like the local folks do that, that haven't learned about you guys previously to the Land of the Free Project. Gotcha. You By know, the way, like, I'm Trent. This is Cody. Oh, yeah. yeah. You should identify yourself. <laughs> and this is the uh, On Point podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to use that in an intro. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Yeah, no. Um, um, where were we? 
<laughs> Talk about getting people to know you guys outside of the land of the free, pre land of the free. Like all the all the DVDs, the oh, I got the, you. Okay. The Ty, the back when Ty was a part of it, yeah, you know, like yeah. Um, and now they got the the shooting the bull podcast, and they're kind of doing their own thing. Are you guys ever going to hook up with them and hunt with them again? It's hopefully, yeah. Like just our our calendar dates have just not mm. been, yeah, it hasn't worked for us. So, um, yeah, I mean, like the DVD side of thing, we two thousand seven we filmed tagged out produced it in 2009 mm-hmm. actually 2008 i guess yeah and then the reason which is our second dvd was 2008 2009 seasons then um the one that kind of like got some legs for us was 30 days so right. that was our third dvd that was uh 2010 and 2011 season and then um put put out uh, uncommon ground which was a tv show that we had on sportsman's and that was 2012, and that was our first year going out of state hmm. um, as a group. And we we drew Wyoming that year in a general, and that like kind of scared. Like, I mean, honestly, that, it yeah. took us a long time. If you look at those dates, it took us a long time to <laughs> go outside the box, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the thing that we um, to entertain, educate, and inspire is our is our mo- is our goal, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that was that for even us, it was like whoa, that seems like something that's just unobtainable going to you know wyoming no yeah. way you know and, place and you've never been yes. no i mean the craziest no. thing about that trip i drove 1200 miles i picked up our buddy chris apui in uh boise on the way through he he was hunting with us as well mm-hmm. he uh was uh going to dental school with trevor that's how he got synced up with us picked him up drove to wyoming because um, Trent and Trevor couldn't come over till the next week, so it was just Chris and I hunting together, and then Ty and Steve were north in another unit. Drove 1,200 miles, and literally at daylight the next morning got woke up by a herd of elk really? running through our camp, and it was like, whoa. how? Is, I mean, you couldn't do that on the Oregon <laughs> coast. I mean, no way. Um, was that kind of like the dart-throwing thing you guys talked exactly. about? Exactly. Yeah. That was yep. a good dart. That yeah, was a good dart. Was, <laughs> we've honestly, in every single place that we've ever hunted, we've never been scouted, ever. Really? Yeah. None of us have ever put up a trail camera ever. So ever. I want to get, a, I want people to know this isn't just luck. There's something going into this. I'm, I'm going to call it e scouting, the Onyx, the Go Hunt. Totally. You guys are yeah, using Yeah, I'm not tools. saying yes, we yeah, just yeah. went like, hey, yeah. let's go over here. Yeah, yeah. there was definitely a preparation in that realm. Yeah. But we didn't go. I just want to, you know, I guess tell people that you don't have to go there and spend weeks on end mm-hmm. hiking with boots on the ground with the technology like Onyx and like Go Hunt and all that stuff that's uh, tools that you can use to actually pinpoint a spot without even having to be there. Right. Well, in pre-Go Hunt and Onyx and stuff like that, you had phone calls to biologists you could make. Still a good idea. Uh, yeah. yeah. Still you know, a good we, idea. We did that last year. Yeah. And it ended up in a really good tag and a really good, you know, we filled the freezer with a really nice buck. Yeah. And, uh, all that was just networking. I made a lot of phone calls. wasn't even my tag. You Game know? wardens are another great game one. If you can get a hold of them. That first spot in Wyoming there. is basically Steve called called up the game warden in the area, told him how we like to hunt here locally mm-hmm. and what we like to do, and then he um, he said, "Well, you might try this road system. I've never been in there in September, but I think there's lots of bulls." And mm. you know, we took our mountain bikes and took our coast technique. To mm-hmm. Wyoming, and yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. And the biggest thing that I would say about that, because people can get hung up on score, they can get hung up on, mm-hmm. well, I'm on a killer trophy, 
there is a trophy in every single unit. I don't care if, if everybody's saying, oh, it's just, you know, four points and five points, because there's the area that we went in, they said there's not really any big bulls, but all we saw were, into our eyes, for big giant bulls, I thought. I mean, <laughs> yeah, big. no, yeah, that was. They were big. He's like, ah, oh, there might be some five, maybe a rag six in there. And really? the first day in there with Chris, <laughs> he missed a three giants. forty bull and oh, then a six by giants. seven. It was just like, I took my re funny thing. I took my recurve because I really wanted to kill a bull with my recurve. And then you went back and you grabbed your what your compound. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like saw the bulls that were in there, and it was a little bit more open than hunting the Oregon coast. I'm like. I don't want to have a great big bull come in and not have an opportunity right. to shoot it. And I ended up shooting a bull two days later at 20 yards. Could have <laughs> used, could have worked. Could have mm. used a recurve. Yeah, worked. But we went through that this year. I've got some buddies that are getting into trad stuff, and uh, every bull that we shot this year, minus one that I shot, was less than 30 yards. Yeah, and I was like, man, you guys should add your trads. <laughs> well, one of them did. His wife actually shot it. And uh, it was your first bull, first call set up in Eastern Oregon in first 45 minutes of the hunt, bull down. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> We've been hunting that spot for four years and hadn't killed one. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 Not, we should have, but it just, you know how it goes. Oh yeah. And especially when you're kind of green, like we are, um, not, not on the deer hunting side of things, but bow hunting elk, we hadn't had a lot of success yet. And finally the, you know, the. The, the girl in the group was able to uh, break the ice for us. It was it was really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. But um, so go back to the bikes again. You guys kind of made that thing, I'd say, cool or, or popular or the thing to do around here. I know that. A lot of guys are starting to get into the bikes. And we def definitely weren't like the originators of it or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I think we're um, one of the – like Angry Spike, I think they shared videos. But there was, at that time, there really wasn't the media out there to actually like mm -hmm. showcase that. and Other than DVD, really. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so so when we put that on DVD, you know, we used them in The Reason. And then 30 Days like was a big focus you know, for us using those bikes and trailers. And, yeah, I mean, it, it was like – It was a game changer. It, it made – especially like – so how we hunted here locally – We'd hunt every single night after work. So we'd get off mm -hmm. work. Like Trent was cutting trees at the time. Steve's plumbing. Trevor's doing the dental thing. Five o'clock, they'd meet up, head on the coast. Ty and I are here in Roseburg. I get off at 4.30 when I was at North River Boats. Ty was working for OHA at the time. So he, he would be done. We'd be meeting up at 4.45, 5 o'clock. And you could hunt areas that you typically couldn't hunt in an evening with mountain bikes. And so, you know, it'd take 45 minutes to go two or three miles, four miles, five miles in on a bike. And then, you know, you could hunt all the way to dark. And then a lot of times, you know, we're climbing up in, so it only mm -hmm. takes five minutes on the way out instead of that <laughs> hour hike out. So, you know, we'd hunt every single night. And it really kind of changed the, the opportunities there. Same like the private timber companies. It was like our own little wilderness. Like a gate mm -hmm. was a trailhead. And we could go 20 miles on a mountain bike on a weekend, you know, That's and right. it, it was a game changer. And it big we, time. We got to hunt stuff that you never could reach on yeah. foot. And, and for guys that aren't local, the the unit that we're talking about here, I'm guessing it's the same unit. There's hundreds of hundreds of miles of roads through there that you can't get to unless you do have a bike back then. Correct. Back and then. Yeah. Back then. And now it's yeah. pay to play. Now it is. And there's a lot of, not all the country that we've hunted, but uh, a lot of it is pay to play. You've mm -hmm. got to get a permit for it. It's not our land. It's private land. Right. So, I mean, let's just be honest. But um, 
but yeah, so definitely before you just grab a bike, go make sure you know where you're going. <laughs> and um, right, but yeah, like Cody said, it make it so much easier to to do that. You know, three four miles a night, and then on a weekend, you know, you could do a big big circuit or something like that, mm-hmm. and, and map out some country that you want to go check out. So yeah, it was. You, you, you're, and that's another thing about the bike hunting too. I mean, even if you're pushing your bike, you're still mm-hmm. getting somewhere. Whereas in you would have been walking anyway, mm-hmm. but when you come back through there, you're not, you're not using any effort at all. Right. You're just, you know, coasting. So it was a, it was a game changer for us. And, and I think it opened the doors for a lot of people afterwards to, to go try it. Right. Well, it's like that video where you guys are working 365 days out of the out of the year to to make it happen, like all the working out, all the shooting. That was probably my favorite video. Mm-hmm. Just the grind and and the the passion that it took to stake that consistent. Not a lot of guys do that. I really appreciate work ethic. I really do. Right. And so that video really connected with me because I try and shoot my bow all the time, I'm working out. I'm always researching. I'm always doing something to get me closer to that notch tag or that next ridge or whatever it may be on point uh (laughs) so whatever it may be you know it's it's just i think that really raises the bar Mm -hmm. on what to expect from yourself and what you can really do yeah i mean and then also you're getting rewarded with probably unpressured bulls i mean at times yeah yeah we definitely yeah i mean we never really had much experience of having people like blow up you know set up or Mm -hmm. anything like yeah we every once in a while you'd see other like a set of bicycle tracks. You're like, what the heck? <laughs> what are they? And we yeah, we we actually made pretty good friends with with a couple of the guys that were hunting that same area, and you mm. know we just worked around each other. And yeah, I mean it's like we we've talked about this in the past. Like when we go in someplace and go hunt, and we see somebody, it's like that's awesome. They're in there working their butt off, doing mm-hmm. everything. It's not like we're mad that oh, you know they ruined our spot or anything like that. I mean, right. so um, I mean I don't know. There's there's a ton of country to hunt. And well, you just touched on it. There's one. It's a, it's a double-edged sword, man, because when we're out here promoting these things and we're doing that, I'm starting to see boot tracks where I never saw boot tracks. Yeah. I'm yeah, like yeah. eight miles in the wilderness over in eastern Oregon, and there's a dead elk carcass. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to hike out three hours now, you know, or, or whatever <laughs> it may be. Like, come on. And, and we ran into boot tracks where there should not have been boot tracks. Right, right. Um, that just told me they didn't know the area like we were. We were like kind of exploring, and then like there's like no elk in here. <laughs> that can happen. It does. Uh, yeah, the yeah. bow hikes. The bow hikes. <laughs> the bow hikes. <laughs> well, and that's interesting. I mean, we we were just you know someone asked us on this uh, recording our podcast the other day. It was like, what do you guys look for e scouting wise? And you know when you talk about that, like <clears throat> now we're trying to figure out avoiding trailheads, avoiding dead end mm. roads, avoiding you know I mean looking at these areas. They're like, okay, it's an easy access point. Well, mm-hmm. let's go to a harder access area, and then also that in between country is like between trails between. Because we used to do the eight miles yep. clear back in. Mm-hmm. Now we found that there is a lot of opportunity in that one to three mile range. Yes. Where you're going to get yes. the road hunters in that one mile range, mm-hmm. and then past three miles, you get those guys that I have to go this far in order to see an elk, you know? <laughs> and there's there's a lot of opportunity in there. Big yeah. Time. Yeah. Not to get too specific on where I'm going, but we uh, we, we hunted over in Eastern Oregon last year, and uh, we were literally uh, the pack outs, maybe a quarter mile. Perfect. And it was like, why am I hiking in here? You yeah. know, like yeah. eight miles when there's elk right here, and what they're doing is the elk's kind of like water. They're just getting pushed, and, and it's just taking the easiest, nicest area where there's feeding that can support them, and they're kind of getting pushed in this little drainage. 
that is surrounded by roads, but no one's stopping to hunt it. Right. Like, and that's a huge misconception, I think, mm-hmm. now, as far as everybody, they're into this super elite, got to have the lightest mm-hmm. gear, got to have, you know, got to go in so deep. And I, I think that's that's could be furthest from the point now. I mean, mm-hmm. there's elk everywhere. And yes. people ask us and email us and say, what do you guys think? How far should I go? How deep? And go where you find elk, if, you know. Yes. We literally, last year in Colorado, got, I mean, we hiked from the main highway, like parked on the highway, pavement, mm-hmm. pavement, main That's drag. That's what we did. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Hear yeah. trucks in the background, cattle semis. Yeah. 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 We that had a just, cattle guard close to us and you could just hear them rolling by. I'm like, keep going, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> that's, and look for those areas, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be the big trailhead. Yeah. Yeah. And in this area was quite frankly, it was a, it was a tip from a friend who quit hunting it years ago. Right. You know, he just moved away, got, you know, got a family and here you go. You're blessed. Like, <laughs> You're Thanks, blessed. man. I owe I you. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So you guys used to have DVDs. Are you going to come out with a DVD for Land of the Free, or what's the plan for the DVD game now? I, a bunch of people have asked about that. And I physically trying to make one. Thinking about that. Well, no, mm. not so much. It's just, you know, on a DVD, you only have so much room. And it mm-hmm. would literally be like a 25-disc set and would cost so much money to put it on DVD okay. that I don't know if we could, you know, I mean, it's like we would have to basically lose a bunch of the project, which kind of made the project what it was. Because um, of the giveaways and all that stuff. You well, not too. even that. Yeah, just um, just some of the footage itself with outside of the uncut. I mean, it, it'd be so right. long. Right. That would be a long DVD. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like 40 hours. <laughs> yeah, we had 53 episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. Oh my gosh. It was a lot. My gosh. Um, so for the for the Land of the Free 2.0, mm-hmm. is that out of bounds, or can we talk about that? No, nothing's out of bounds. Yeah, <laughs> nothing's, nothing's out of bounds. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's dive into it. So Land of the Free 2.0, what's that look like? Hopefully me filling an elk tag. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Just to start, uh, yeah, we're going to do kind of the same format. We're going to, and we're going to hunt with a lot of the same people, but some different people also. So we'll start out here in Oregon again, and um, we're going to have Kenton from First Light here. Okay. We're going to have Hush here. Um, here in Oregon. Yeah. Here in Oregon. They love okay. the Roosevelt scene. Dude, well, I bet they do. When it's three days, <laughs> yeah. pretty simple. This is easy. Yeah. In the words of Casey, I think he's, uh, this is simple, guys. Yeah. This is easy. So, um, and then um, possibly Ben O'Brien from Yeti. Oh, right on. Coolers is going to come too. So that, mm-hmm. that should be a fun deal. We hunt for about eight days here. We jump to Colorado right after yep. that. And we're going to have um, who we were in with Montana last year. We'll have Nick Schmidt and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, Jason Phelps. Jason Phelps from Phelps Game Calls and also uh, Dirk Durham. Okay, yeah. So that they were fun a, to watch. Yeah, that should be that, a fun That camp, camp is going to be full of laughs because it'll be all four of us born and raised <laughs> yeah. in those three. Phelps' mustache, man, could be an episode in itself. Yeah, right? we'll just Jeez. sit there and film it. <laughs> it's so ugly. <laughs> On a windy Get day. it in the wind and <laughs> get a time lapse of it in the sunset. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so from there, we'll hunt there 10 days, and then we'll jump from there. I'm going to split up from the group, and I'll go mm. to Wyoming, back to Wyoming again. So with the Go Hunt guys. Oh, okay. And Trail and Lorenzo, which should be, I've never hunted with them. Uh, it should be a whole new adventure altogether. And uh, it's going to be a blast. And then Cody will go with the Hushin crew. Yep. Trevor and I both. And Trevor will go to uh, Montana. And they'll hunt there for 10 days. And then we'll all finish that hunt and come back. And the last 10 days of season, we're going to be with uh, Pure Elevation. 
Okay. And we'll go back to Idaho, I believe, is yeah, where we're headed. Idaho in their, in their ground. So we took them to Colorado last year, which they'd mm-hmm. never hunted out of state for elk. And so then they were like, well, we got we to gotta do, do our backpack hunt in Idaho. And it, it's going to be – that's going to be a barn be burner because that's going to be a tough – physically a tough, demanding hunt, um, especially at the end of the whole – yeah, it's going to be, we're going to be wore out by that time. How many days is that going to be again? It'll be about 35, somewhere 35 days of hunting, but we'll have about that 45 days of hunting because of how we split up there in those two groups. That's so awesome. we won't be gone as long this year. A little bit easier on the families and ourselves. Yeah, that's and, right. There's yeah. some conspiracy theories going on about 2.0. Uh, What's that? Trads. Trads? Some guys are thinking you guys are going to hit it with trads this year. I think that's a conspiracy. <laughs> I think it's more of a want than. than oh <laughs> man, I have a tough time with a compound. I'd love shooting a trad bow, but I just I don't feel comfortable and confident enough with it. Yet. Really? Mm-mm. But you have one and everything. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. Cody got me one from South. Oh, there you uh, go. Yeah, stalker also, stick bow. It's so awesome. It's the most beautiful piece of work. Too pretty to shoot. Oh, it is. You just sit there and look at it. It's <laughs> it's awesome. So, oh. um, I don't know. I, maybe there might be yeah, some. I, think, I don't know. Uh, Kenton was kind of talking about bringing a stick bow out here to Oregon. Okay. So, that yeah. may be a case. Cal, if Cal comes, I know he'll be hmm. having his stick bow. Um, be I think, fun. I think that's about it. I mean, it, it's funny. Is like, I think Tyler's Tyler's got a stick bow. Oh, Steve's got Everybody's a stick Everybody's getting into Everyone's it. got mm-hmm. one. And that, like, no one wants to take the leap. And then I'm, <laughs> you know, I hunted with one for a few years there. And then 2016, I hunted with it again and just totally got my butt handed to really? me. Really? Oh, yeah. Missed two bucks in Nevada, missed a bull here in Oregon, missed a bull in Idaho. I was like, it was rough. that one's going to sit up on the wall for really? a little bit till I rough. fill a tag. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still like p- punching tags too much to, yeah. to hunt with a trad. It's so fun, though. <laughs> just stump shooting and going around. It is fun. That is really fun. You yes. say that, but you give me like the dirtiest look because I shoot Absolutely. about 50 arrows a day at stumps. And he's Absolutely. like, are you serious? You're Most of shoot- our hunt days spent just shooting stumps. <laughs> just walking from shot to shot. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I think here in the next couple of years, I'm going to make that leap. But All I right. have a little bit more... To, to achieve before I make that leap, we're going to go over for, we have a really good tag we're going to get from Mueller this year. And, uh, I'm not really huge in the numbers, but before I, I start failing every year with trad, I want to get like a 150, 160 on the wall before I start like a, a really nice buck. I mean, I've got one with a rifle, uh, mule deer. I've never killed one with my bow, but we're going to a unit where 160 is pretty common over there. Sweet. And, uh, what we have, I think one guy for sure bringing a trad and he's like, Oh yeah, spike, Fork and horn, I'll take whatever I can get. He'll probably get a... He likes to eat (laughs) stock on a booner the first day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he'll probably be the one that kills the biggest one. Hopefully. Good, yeah. Yeah, Good for him. That'd be awesome. I'm going to be shooting 60-whatever yards and and, uh, hopefully putting some meat in the camp. There you go. um, Man, that's that's a tough game. But have you guys had any success with the trad? Um, I've killed two bulls and a buck with it. Yeah, Cody's done really, really well. Yeah. Really good. What kind of setup are you running with that? Um, so I, I've, I'm running. Um, well, it's a stalker, 50, 50 pounds at thirty inches, and I'm drawing thirty one, so it stacks like fifty three. Really? I, th- I think I don't know. I've never shot like never shot it through a chrono. I'm shooting about a just shy six hundred grain setup on it. Okay. Um, with a cutthroat one hundred and fifty grain single bevel two blade right brought on. in yeah shooting brass up front on a yeah so it yeah it shoots good i mean yeah i haven't i haven't shot it for about 
a year now, 18 months or oh, so. Oh, yes, start busting that thing yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring a stump into the office or something. Exactly. There you go. There you go. We need to target the office. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. So what are you using for, for bows then, Trent? As far as right now, yeah. I shoot a just a Hoyt. Actually, no, I don't shoot anything because I don't <laughs> even own a bow right now. Actually, I gave mine away. So, um, yeah, I, we, we are getting the... What is the RX one? Yep, mm-hmm. is uh, hopefully on its way, and it's going to be. Um, it's it's kind of a new thing, actually. It's dipped in fusion. We're going to dip it in fusion, and then hopefully after that, hopefully people join on. So anybody listen to this, <laughs> call <laughs> up Hoyt or email Hoyt and say, "Wow, that fusion looks really good." <laughs> and um, anyway, When's that coming out. Uh, the, my bow? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> as soon as I get it, it should be here within the next month or so. Okay. And um, anyway, it's it's going to be a pretty rad looking bow, I think. Mm-mm. So I'll have to get a hold of them and like, give me one. Yes, or, do it. Or, or, I'll pay for it, but send one, send one my way. I'll give you the money. <laughs> but uh, uh, So you guys go. are going to have like the Cam Haynes bow, and then now you're going to have like a bro bow coming out here, maybe? I don't know. I, I got a little work to get there. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I think... I think that's hopefully down the road. That'd be really, really cool. Oh but. man! So, um, so a lot of guys want to know what's it take for arrow setup and, and a bow setup to to take down an elk. What do you man, got? Man, there is so much. I, I'm I don't know shot I've, placement. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. There's this whole I don't want to call it a controversy, but there's this whole thing about speed versus weight versus yeah. weight forward versus all this stuff and. I don't know. This last year, I had a bunch of weight forward. I was shooting 500 and some odd grains and in, in total arrow weight, you know, mm-hmm. and I still hit one. I, I don't know which episode was what it was in the Land of the Free series there, but um, right in the shoulder blade, and it did nothing. It really? Just, yeah. I mean, it didn't penetrate at all. Bull went out there. Um bugled, bugled. We chased it for a long time and, and almost called it back in. Um, but yeah, I, there's, you just have to place that arrow in the right spot. Yeah. I did not honestly. So, I Mm. mean, that's, but at the same time, I don't know if you can, people say they blow through both shoulder blades and all this stuff. And I'm just, I haven't seen it personally Mm. and I've shot, you know, 80 pound bows before Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, and I don't know, I don't know. It just, you still have to put the arrow in the right spot. And another thing is broadheads. That's one of our most asked emailed questions. Yeah, well, I get what kind long. of broadheads do you use? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I hate to break it to everybody, but you still <laughs> have to put the, the exact broadhead in the right spot. So we all we use all around the map. Cody used Kudu. I used um, AI, AI, what did I use? Something Exodus or something. I don't know. They're <laughs> you're all not, You're not much of a gear guy. Not a gear guy, dude. <laughs> not a gear guy at all. No, no. Put it in the end, pull it back. Oh, man. Let her down I am range. a gear nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to come out with a lot of these questions Cody's going to be answering here okay. shortly because I just kind of am going to stumble. <laughs> well, okay, I want to get that out here. You said you guys have shot a lot out. Can you put the number out there? Because it's always impressive when, I, when I've when i heard that number. Um, what are you guys up to now? Group. It was last, on, year on before, film? last year before Land of the Free, I think it was 52. <laughs> and then oh my we did 14 on Land of the Free. So. Yeah. With your dads, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So mm. And throat punch. Yep, my brother. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, so the kudu, that's a single bevel. Yep, two-blade um, single bevel. What grain are you running on that? 125. 120. That's what I was using mm-hmm. for that blue. And I went through through that blue like it was butter. I really? Mean, well, the I shouldn't say that. The The fletchings got caught on the exit okay. side, and then he broke my arrow when he went down. So, anyway, I mean, but it took like a 80-degree churn once it went through both lungs. It was really unique. 
like uh, the back of the arrow hit a rib or something, and it just got both lungs and then came out right through the guts. But I got both lungs, so he only went like 80 yards. But uh, I'm not sure what happened there, whether it was just a funky – I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. It could have been deflection. I, I'm going to bump up my weight this year and try to get about 15% FOC because right now I'm about 10 and then uh, I'm thinking that's going to help just go right through ribs. I'm not what, really sure. How heavy arrow are you shooting? I'm shooting a 447 grain arrow at 287. Okay. You so. are a gear guy. Goodness gracious. <laughs> so many numbers. <laughs> so many numbers. Oh, man. I mean, when you have a channel based around gear, <laughs> you, you end you up. You get in deep. Yeah, oh, gosh. Way too deep most of the time. I end up. <laughs> I was joking around with somebody. He's like, you know, I never had third access problems until I bought a third access adjustment site. You know, like there you go. sometimes this is better to keep it simple. Right, for sure. So, yeah. but um, so you're using the Kudu for, for your compound? Mm hmm. Okay. Yep, Are you going to use them again this year? I think so. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I mean, I like a two-blade single bevel, mm -hmm. and it seems to be one of the better ones out there. I've, I've, I've had two issues with them, just playing around mm -hmm. with testing, hitting hard stuff, and having some blade blade issues. So I've looked at the Strickland mm -hmm. as well, um, which is looks really similar, you know, as far as that goes. Uh, the thing I like about the Strickland is the blade thickness is thicker mm. than what the Kudu is because it's a aluminum sh uh, ferrule than a stainless ferrule like okay. the Kudu. So I know Crockett, he shot those Stricklands, and I liked liked the looks of those a little bit. But have you seen the Anarchies? They're also made out of Oregon. Uh, I have, yeah. I'm not. I don't like that super <laughs> short. You know, I like a. I like the blade length of yeah. a cutting. You know yeah. where. Um, for for me, it's flat on top too. Yeah, and like <laughs> where, I don't know. When I started, my dad had me shoot Delta Rothar snuffers. They're a three blade cut on contact, and it's like the traditional three inches long, one, one inch, inch yep. you know, cutting diameter. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I've always stuck with that long blade, longer cutting, you know, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. Right. But, well, it's funny that you guys say it's, it's all about shot placement because I'm probably going to get blasted for this, but I'm going to come out and say, it anyways, because it's what happened. It's the truth. That girl I was talking about, shout out to Shelby, uh, she was using a 360 or 80 grain arrow for elk. 50 her, pounds, probably shooting, shooting 50. 50 pounds. And that thing went 30 yards, but she, I mean, pinwheeled it. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like a lot of guys, oh my God, that's so irresponsible. Not, well, first of all, she's a, she's a ringer. She, she outshoots a lot of the guys at the shoots and her max distance, I think was 30 yards. And, uh, she got like 18 inches worth of penetration and that's all it needed. And granted, I've, I've never gone with anything. The lightest arrow I've ever hunted with was 420. And, uh, with that, even with that 447 grain arrow, I've got a pass through on the bowl this year at 50 yards. I mean, you don't have to have a 700 grain arrow shooting 295 feet per second. I think a lot of guys are getting overkill. And I, I kind of want to dispel that trend because right now it's like, man, you got to shoot a, a, you know, a log, a Lincoln log going down there with a 30% FOC. And that's just not it's true. It's all about a balance setup, I think. It is. Yeah. I'm going to come out with a video here soon, I think. Actually, I'm going to do it. I just made my mind right now just talking about it, about low poundage light arrow setups for hunting because there's a lot of kids and women out there that I don't think are being allowed to go hunting from whoever, you know, the husband or the dad or the boyfriend because they, they don't think they have enough energy to get it done. But if you use a single bevel broadhead or you use a Stinger Magnus buzz cut or something like that, you're going to get the 40% better penetration with less uh, poundage. And, I mean, it's it's been proven, I mean, well, minus the iron wheel, um, he, he's kind of got a new design, and that's a really cool design, one of those premium broadheads. Have you guys seen those yet? 
No. The Iron Wills. Joe Rogan shooting them and all that stuff. It's so he's kind of making them cool. And Aaron Snyder, I think, uses them. But um, you know, a lot of times it's that three in one. And he says there's a little bit different design that'll actually get a better penetration. Oh, than that. okay. So yeah. He's kind of getting away from that. But it's just really interesting. Like if you use the right setup, you're smart about it, you keep the distance short. A kid can go out and kill an elk. I mean, you got that famous video of that kid throat punching that bull. You guys seen that oh, one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's, yeah, everybody's seen that video, yeah. and I guarantee you he wasn't shooting 80 pounds. No. You know? so. And it was a frontal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's that's two big dispels right there. So No one's going to listen to your podcast. Oh, my gosh. I'm losing subscribers <laughs> as I speak. As we speak. <laughs> okay. No, if I have a frontal shot any time of the week and under 25 yards, I'm shooting mm-hmm. that every single day. Right. Every day. Well, a lot of guys, it's Amazing. my thing with it is a lot of guys are like, well, it's a small kill zone. Well, yeah, but you have a big area on a side shot, a broadside shot oh, that's yeah. going to wound and lose the animal. And if you mess up with the, with the full, you know, a, a frontal shot, that animal has a really good chance of living because you're, you're either going to go right outside the cavity. You're not yep. going to get in the sweet zone there. Yep. You know, you go in that soft spot between the shoulder and, and the, in the cavity there. And, and I'd rather mess up and, and have it live than mess up and gut shoot it or, or do something stupid. So, yeah, I would agree. Um, I would agree. There's, there's a lot to the frontal shots and it's all perf- personal preference and stuff. I mean, I wouldn't probably take one past 30 yards, but I mean, I shoot a lot. I don't know how far you guys would take them, but I, for us, it's, I mean, it's always been that 25 and in, it yeah, seems like 25 and in. Yeah, yeah. So we're really, we're really similar yeah. there. And that, a lot of that is that if aspect. he's over 30 yards and he's still actually facing you and coming your way, there's a good chance you're going to get a closer shot or a broadside shot or whatever. So, That's I mean, it's point. not like it's game over usually if yeah. they're facing towards you anyway at that longer range. So we're, we're going to let them try to come closer. And then if you can really, you know, beat in on them at 25 yards and they stop and you have a good shot, we're going to take it. And right? we like it actually kind of a quarter. Tiny quarter quarter on. Yeah. Quartered on. Yeah, Absolutely. really. Slightly quartered. What's, yeah. what's the reason for that? Brisket, um, all that. Yeah, because that, too, you know, dead dead on, you, you can chance a one lung them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you you definitely, with that quartered, you're going to catch the front of one, the back of another lung. I mean, a lot of times, you know, so. So you're going to hug that that closest shoulder yeah, more than pocket. you regularly would? Just in yes. front of the shoulder. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we did a video about it in Land of the Free, I think. Yeah, and it would be on episode 19 with your bowl hmm. when we break it down with yeah. Corey. Yes, it's it's good stuff. Corey goes through it, and it's some it's some good solid stuff hmm. that he talks about. One of the bowls that you guys shot last year, talking about that kind of thing, is is was it Dirk's bowl? Who it was it was walking? How far Donnie's. was it? Donnie's bowl, Donnie's and bowl. it was yep. what 30, 35 yards? yards, thirty-five yards. And he shot it walking, which you know I I practice those shots all the time, right? Um, so I'm not. I'm not, what I'm curious about is how'd that bowl go down? He hit that what did uh, he the hit? main femoral underneath the back strap. Oh, really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's awesome. I mean, I was well, I was looking at that. I'm like, I was I gasped when it happened when I watched it for the first time. I was like, oh no! And then it went down, and I was like, it was like I was there, man. I was like, yes, yeah, I'm like yes. That was a crazy, crazy <laughs> hunt, but. Um, yeah, and, and I mean he'll say the same thing. He got riled up as far as he didn't put a call in his mouth mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. and he just got he, you know we all get riled up in, right. in our own way. And and um, Donnie's the greatest, one of the greatest guys I've ever met. Mm-hmm. He's just so humble, and and he didn't deserve. I mean, if there's anybody in this world that deserved it more, right. I don't know who it would be because he was just. I mean, he was so so elated about that, and mm. 
He did. He did. He didn't stop the bull. So he was. He was. His arrow. I mean, his pin was probably right on the vitals. But an right. elk can take a long stride and an arrow to go thirty yards. Right. A long stride. Yep. And that's what happened. Same. I mean, the same thing happened with BMAC in in Oregon. Yeah. You know, on episode four, it was mm-hmm. walking stride and thought. And that was a confusing one because we didn't have blood on the entrance side. Really. Yeah. It, it was weird. Yeah, because we just had blood on the exit side, and we're like, man, did he hit it? up front like we just couldn't figure out where mm-hmm. he hit it because the camera it was through the trees and you could see the arrow go but you kind of lost you couldn't see it impact really mm-hmm. right and what happened there it went in gut because it was quartered away mm-hmm. and he went in gut and that gut stuck out and plugged up that entrance hole okay yeah and i had a shot like that last year i don't know what happened it was a really really nice four point black tail and uh opening day i knew he was there he was the reason i was there and uh, I had him at 72, downhill 70. And basically, um, you know, I was taking my time, had my camera, but I was, I was like, I'm going to get this, you know, not willing to lose one like I was sure. preaching about earlier. Um, and anyways, I, I take the shot. I look down, knock my arrow, look back up. And I think he kind of like went like this, was like starting to churn. And then I didn't notice it. So I drew one and I anchored, not great light. And I ended up hitting him where I thought was a perfect shot, but it ended up going in the hip and then coming out in the guts. And he went like 80 yards and I was able to sneak up on him and put another one in him. But that long story short, I shoot a lot. A lot of guys are like, well, you know, you're a good shot. You know, anybody can be a good shot on YouTube. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> you can edit what you, you want. You can edit what you want. A lot of my stuff, I'll tell you right now, 99% of it, it's one or two takes and I'm done. I'm not out there all day trying to film stuff. So right. I'm more than happy because I know that a lot of guys want to go shooting with me. Like, that sounds kind of conceited. A lot of guys want to see if I'm legit at a shoot. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. I'm, yeah, fine. I don't want to be the guy that can't back it up. So I don't put anything out there that I can't. That's good. But what I'm saying is bad shots can happen to anybody. And it's easy to be an armchair quarterback. Oh, you shouldn't have took that shot. You know, when you're watching a YouTube video, you're watching, was it Donnie's bull? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anybody can make a bad shot, right, man. And right. I'm sure that guy's killed more elk than, than most people I know or you guys know. I mean, it's... It is what it is, and unfortunately, it's part of hunting. But also, what really matters is what you do after the shot, and that leads me into the bull that you guys went up and over the hill. Oh, that was mine. <laughs> is it? Well, there was was it, no. Yeah, it was your bull. Yeah, was we mine. had we had two this yeah, year. Yeah, the Roosevelt. Yeah, and then yeah. you had that happen to your bull. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That was that was crazy. It went uh, one point two miles. I think so. With it's your str- bull, straight uphill. Straight up. I don't know how many hundred feet, thousand feet. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think a thousand foot. There was a really game. hard lesson learned on that one, and wasn't it where the blood was in the back of the lung, so it could still breathe on the front part of the lung? Every how? time it went downhill, it did bleed good, but yep. it never went downhill. For he went straight up. I mean, from where I shot him, he crossed this little ravine and went straight up forever. Mm. And, and it was it, it turned into drop i mean you know it's one of those things usually in a frontal it's like they're dead within 100 yards eyesight a lot of times that's and, what, well, that was a frontal that yeah, was, was a frontal, a frontal. Yes. Right. okay yeah. okay yeah. and what ended up happening is that bull right as he shot kind of shifted left and mm-hmm. so it stayed out actually outside the cavity that arrow oh really not yeah it was, it was just right outside the, it, it cut the yeah it, it just it just kept bleeding yeah it, it, it just was through the neck cutting. and then into that shoulder pocket and that I think that front artery, it like nicked that front artery. Right on. And um, it was one. I mean, it's like when we dropped up over the rise after we you know, were like, okay, he's got to be right here. Because, you know, you could see if 100, you know, it was in a burn and mm-hmm. you could see. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, 
no. <laughs> that feeling in your stomach just goes, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. When it's just like a done deal, when you shoot one, you know it's, you know, it will, oh, man. The roller coaster, right? Mm. So what do you think happened on that thing as far as it be like, because everybody always says, oh, they won't go uphill if they're wounded. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that I've is seen not that. true. <laughs> yeah, we've seen everything that like <laughs> that disproves every single <laughs> go uh, straight to water. Tracking, and all, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, they'll go wherever they're going to go. I mean, yeah. and this one, Transpool went to a spot that he wanted to be. He wanted to go in the North Face and bed down up there because it was probably all, his wheelhouse or yeah, something. Exactly. No, 100%. It's all timber. And, yeah. um, and he did. He went straight there. It was amazing. I'll bet between me shooting him and him dying, I'll bet wasn't a half an hour. Mm-hmm. Really? He, no. He, he went straight there, there. And when he died, it's not like he laid down and died. He just fell over dead. Boom. Really? Done. Yeah. yeah. Well, but tracking only- that, I mean, that's a good thing for people to hear, too. Tracking that was not easy. I mean, it was hands and knees, drop, drop. I mean, and then 30 yards, one drip, you know. We- get on some tracks and just follow some tracks. And the crazy thing, like he went through a couple like rock outcroppings where hmm. it was like cliffed out here. And I mean, he jumped off a little ledge here and then, you know, and then he there just, would be blood. Yep. See, yeah. see a splatter of blood. And so get, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So your heart would be like, Oh, he's bleeding good now. And then, you know, 15 yards later, drip, <laughs> drip, drip. Mm. And it's like, arrow, oh, arrow is still in him. So yeah, the arrow was still in him when he died and came over the rise and, there he was. Right. right. So what was the deal with the Roosevelt? Because that's the one I was. So, yeah. So that was the same walking shot went in um, gut cavity, came out behind the shoulder somewhere. Liver. I mean, yeah, liver. It was a liver yeah. shot. Okay. My, yeah. There was one spot where it looked like he coughed up blood or he might have nicked a back lung. of a lung. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it definitely threw diaphragm and all mm-hmm. that. So there was so much blood to begin with; it was crazy. I've really? Yeah, it was crazy. It was blood everywhere. And we were in that bottomland skunk cabbage, yeah. so it's like that serene green and everything sticking. You know, I mean, it was really good tracking. It's like, all right, you know, this blood trail, like he's not. Oh, we're yards. all just jacked. We know where he's going <laughs> to be. Yeah. And you know, he followed along. He kind of went up the hill one time and then turned around and came right back down. It's like, all right, he didn't feel good there. Okay, we're going to find him. We're going to find him. And the next thing you know, he turns and goes up. Mm-hmm. And we gave him an hour. And, you know, it's like, all right, it, we, w- we saw the blood, looked at good. Okay, let's chill for an hour. We felt really good about that decision. Arrow, no arrow. No arrow. No arrow. Yep. Um, later on, found the arrow on the blood trail. How far down? 150, 200 yards. Yeah, we, probably. We had something yeah. like that. Year. Okay. Something yeah, like so that. it... Yeah. Just it's, soaked in blood. Like so, the arrow. Yeah, just, it was... Like hanging out and just blood it was just sta- It was stabbed okay. in the ground. Yeah. Um, and so like how he, I don't know, how he turned and went into the, he was kind of coming up the hill. Kind of flung it out of him. Yeah, it stuck in the ground right there. And like I said, it was just covered in blood. Didn't mm. smell any guts. Mm-hmm. Couldn't see any guts on it. It's like, all right, well, maybe it's Ford. You know, maybe, you know, we still didn't know. But the weird thing is there was still no blood out the left-hand side. Mm. And so that was a little bit of the confusing. It's like if it was up forward, I would have thought we would add some blood. And now you guys are going off of you're not finding blood drip, drip on it separate. Correct. Correct. Yeah, you yeah. can right. see see his tracks, and you can tell left, right, you right. know, for sure. Okay. And um, the impact was left side, and there was zero blood on that. So um, we got up there and got into this old 20-year-old reprod, mm-hmm. just a bed of fur needles, hard to track, you know, unless mm-hmm. they're, like, moving hard, and lost blood. Found a bed where we thought he was kind of bedded. Thought. And hindsight, my guess, that bull was bedded there and heard us on the blood trail and mm-hmm. got up and moved. Mm-hmm. Yes, guaranteed. Yep. Yeah. And um, so, you know, it's one of those things, is an hour appropriate if 
you don't know it's double long. You know, I mean, it was we we definitely bumped the bull off that bed, and then he went up the hill, and we lost blood. Mm-hmm. So we like bet. lost, lost, like had every single person fanned out, turned the cameras. I mean, I didn't turn them off, but it wasn't like we're all in one spot going somewhere. We, I mean, we, and then we started gridding. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we gridded all the way back, and nothing. I mean, nothing. Gave it like four hours, three or four hours in there looking like that. Couldn't, went back, hiked all the way back up the truck to watch the video on on the computer to see, mm-hmm. you know, and analyze Hopefully a little give bit. give us any yeah, clues. exactly. Didn't really, couldn't really quite tell. You could see arrow elk. Okay, it looks good. Looks behind the shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's dead. Let's go back in there. And somehow Trevor just bird dogged it up the hill hmm. and found a spot in the worst, worst stuff. Like, and yeah, it was hands and knees on this trail and going and it literally. Then every once in a while you'd see a little smear hmm. like on a bush. How far did he find this blood from the last blood? Oh man, seventy-five yards. Maybe. Really? Yeah, man. And in stuff like that, it's so hard. Yeah, because I mean, there was—I guarantee—a bunch. Of, there was other spots in that period, yeah. but you just couldn't see it. Once it was in that needle and it was all dried needles, yeah. really tough. It's all they can dark. get turned upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. so, um, yeah, I just got up, and then it—it it was one of those crazy deals. Got up, went through a bunch of slash reprod, and then hit this old gravel road, mm-hmm. turned and went down, and it was like. Oh, maybe he's okay. You know, I mean, that it was like different. You know, well, he's back walking, no blood on that road. We mm-hmm. found one little spot and then ch- turned off that road again on another cat road, and mm-hmm. he was there dead. Been fell dead. over, like fell over dead. It's like <laughs> kind of like your bull. Yeah, it was nuts. That's Cr- insane. Yeah, it was nuts. Same deal. I mean, it climbed 500 foot elevation and went, uh, I don't know what the. Final distance was right. 1,000, 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards. From yeah. Really? So it broke the rules. It went uphill. 100%. <laughs> They're tough. Through the thickest stuff that you – we couldn't even crawl through it. Something you had to take off your pack so you could crawl down yeah. through it. I mean, and a huge elk went right through it. Yeah. It was just nuts. So that's, They're that's, tough, man. It is tough. And They're it seems tough. like every time I think I start getting it figured out, they prove me wrong. Yeah. You know, like I had a – that bull I uh, I lost last year, unfortunately, is my by far my biggest bull. Would have been my first bull with a bow. Mm-hmm. And um, long story short, I had his cows come out at thirty yards, and I had a buddy kept keeping them bugling. And uh, I drew back because I heard him bugling coming up, and I drew back. I'm like, I already know where you're coming out, buddy. Like game over. And I waited for like twenty seconds. Then he comes out thirty yards past where it was. I'm like, you're supposed to be following your cows, dude. Come on, like play by the rules yeah. and it just it just seems like a, it's always a learning experience every single time you get out in the woods i mean did you guys learn anything this year that you didn't know or any new lessons or anything like on that? top i mean everything you think that is the the written you know mm-hmm. the bible of tracking that yeah, no <laughs> you can just pretty much yeah i mean it, i think they're good guidelines don't get me wrong mm-hmm. i think you know it's great to just have that knowledge in your bank, but don't ever say, well, that's never going to happen because it can. Right. And then just hunting. I mean, with us, we've always just hunted in our own little group. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, a different dynamic with hunting with all these other groups collaborating. And so there was different styles. I mean, um, you know, hush is all about spot and stock because that's you yeah. know in the in the open Idaho. They're terrain. good at it too. And hmm. the bull that we killed in Oregon, mm-hmm. Casey spotted him. Where I literally it was like, there's always elk there, but people hunt it. You can see mm-hmm. it. 
I don't want to go back there. And we went in there, found a bull and went in, you know, and snuck in and called it in. But so that, that tactic was totally different. We're normally like, we don't use binoculars that much elk hunting. <laughs> a mean, lot of times we don't even pack them. Really? It, yeah. A lot of times. No. Yeah. It's just, we're, we're all about the vocal elk. Um, you know, in Wyoming with elk 101 guys, I mean, with Dirk and Corey and Donnie, like they're calling, you know, we felt pretty proficient in calling and then it's like, <laughs> whoa, they're, they're <laughs> you pretty get a guy good. that does it for yeah. a living. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are good. They are good. And we have a lot of the same hunting styles as them, you know, just mm-hmm. really, really aggressive. Um, everything's all around the bugle, you mm-hmm. know, as far as that goes, there's no spotting and stalking or nothing That's, like that. It's getting yeah. them going on the bugle. It's hard to beat a bugle. Man. Very hard. To and beat. Then, even if there's no reason to get a bugle, it's like, I want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. and we had a couple cases where we were busted and Dirk's like, no, we can get on him. Let's do yeah, it. Really? And he'll bark, run right at That him. was interesting. Yeah. The bark chuckle and yeah. just got the bull fired back up and like, oh, maybe that wasn't what I thought it was. As long as you don't get winded, you know I mean? Is that going to be another tool you guys put in your, your belt this year, the barking? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everything that we learned last year is going to be definitely, um, you know, repeated this year. But um, those guys are just, they're set up, uh, the way they set up for elk, the mm-hmm. way they're just really, really, really good at it. Yeah. You know, Corey's analyzation of the situation. I mean, the case in point when, Trent was calling for Corey right. on his first day as shooter. <laughs> when I mean, he passed up that six point. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, yeah. he was like, yep, he's going to come out this ridge. He'll come down right here. Really? But yeah. We were set up over on the left where mm-hmm. he originally walked to. He's like, nope, I'm going to move over here. And he set up in a spot that I never, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have done it. No. You know, it was sit kneeling really? by a stump kind of out from some cover. And, I mean, he nailed it. He literally, I mean, the bull came exactly you know, he Trent was set up calling. Bull came to where he was. Right. Turned. I mean, he could have killed him half a dozen times. Right. But well, I think I think a lot of it. What I learned from them, honestly, is um, is their confidence. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, their confidence is like we're going to go out and and we 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 do the same thing. We we're going to go out and we're going to kill elk. We're mm-hmm. going to we're going to see elk. We're going to you know. And if you're always that. Uh, person that's just like well it never happens for me you know <laughs> oh every time i bugle they run away well don't mm-hmm. think that doesn't happen to us i mean we've had a lot of times where we're like what the heck did i say wrong because they're <laughs> just a big dust cloud headed over the ridge i, you I know? get that question a lot yeah is the bugling and stuff it's like i'm probably not the right person to ask you know my record i think my record doesn't reflect my experience or or what i've learned because uh, right now it's zero, but for helping people kill stuff, it's really good. Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> but um, so I want to, I wanted to get that question answered. Is like, for example, it was happened to us last year, and I'll tell you what I did, and you guys can tell me if I did what I did wrong. Uh, but a lot of guys are saying, you know, I can get that bull to bugle, and then I'll bugle back, and then I'll work in on him, and then he's still that 150, 200 yards away, and I can't get that 250 closed, or I can't get that 150 closed, like. He just keeps bumping away, mm-hmm. and then eventually he shuts up. Well, I got tired of that last year, so I put. I'm like, I left my pack. I took a rangefinder, roll. I think a roll of ribbon. I brought my running shoes, and I brought my bow and my bugle. And I'm like, I'm gonna bum rush these things. If they're just gonna run off away from me, I'm just gonna bum rush them. Sure. Well, what what time of day was this? Um, all between uh, daylight and ten o'clock and four o'clock to to dark. Okay. Five o'clock okay. to dark. And uh, so this, the first time I tried this was in, in the evening and we went out and then right away, bugle. I was like, perfect. And then I told the guy, he's like, it was uh, my uncle. And he's like, I can't bugle very good. I'm like, just say something and really say anything. The bull's hot. Just 
all you have to do is, I mean, I, I got a bull playing uh, smoke on the water last year to bugle while we had one down. I was trying to get Anthony and uh, I was playing smoke on the water through my bugle, trying to get his attention. And then a six point bull rips off behind me. Um, so you don't have to sound good. You don't have to be Corey, Le- Corey Jacobson level, but gee, I think you have to know, I think you have to know kind of when to say it Bingo. or, or, and what to say. Bingo. Emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I get really pissed off and, and I put that in my bugle, I get way better responses. Like if I pretend that I'm a really mad bull or if I really put my emotion into it, I don't, I don't blow from the mouth. I blow from the stomach. Mm-hmm. I notice I get a Diaphragm. lot better mm-hmm. thing, but back to the outside the rabbit hole there. Um, so I, I put on my running shoes. I left all the thing, all things heavy in the truck. I had a guy who literally I was showing how to bugle in the truck on the way there. And I'm like, just keep him bugling. Just that's all you got to do. Just make a sound. When he bugles, his bugle back, and I'm gonna bum rush this bull. And uh, so it worked a little too well. It was um, I thought he was farther than he was, and I run about 100 yards. He bugles. I'm like, oh, you know, he's uh, still 150 yards away. And so I run like another 60 yards, and he busts like at 60 yards away with a cow, and it's like a 310 six. But I'm like, oh my god, like that's the biggest bull I've seen all trip. And uh, I'm like, well, it worked. So I ran back up. I'm like, I just screwed the pooch on that one, guys. <laughs> like, I just literally ran within bow range of this bull. And then so we go down the road another quarter mile. I rip off another bugle. And then um, another one rips off. I'm like, sweet. And then same thing. I'm like, I'm going to go a little bit slower this time. And I ended up getting um, getting in on that bull with his cows, and it worked out great. But that was that was me not knowing how to overcome it. But I was going to try something to adapt to the situation. Absolutely. And and the the hunters that I really look up to, they're getting this. They're getting dealt the same hands. Yes. But they're making things happen. They're making their own opportunities. Yes, that's well said. Actually, that is well, and that's the same thing that we do as far as looked up to. Also, as far as how are these guys killing them every single year? Mm-hmm. You know, in and the we're same hunting areas the same I'm elk. hunting. We're hunting the same. Yep. Elk. Yep. And. And I would say, you know, a lot of like, like what you said you did, that's, that's awesome. But, um, we do a lot of the same thing that just like that. Really? We, yeah. So, but except we'll leave our packs on. <laughs> <laughs> so we usually hunt with our packs on just in case you're on a bull and you're spending the night. Okay. You're gonna, yeah. You're going to, you're going to live right where that bull ends up probably at night. But, okay. So we'll get on a bull in the morning and there's a lot of times, especially in Colorado this last year is you will chase that bull. And he will bugle mm-hmm. just to see where you are, and you'll bugle back, or vice versa. You're, you know, but, you'll try to get him heading, to sound off. It's but not he like has he's, somewhere you want to go. Yeah, he's not pushing his cows away from you or mm-hmm. running from you most of the time. He's heading to somewhere he wants to be to bed. Yeah. That's why I asked that time question. Because okay. Between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., 3 mm-hmm. p.m., those elk, it's a different scenario. They're bedded. They're not going to be moving. And that's, I mean, we always talk about that midday madness. We prefer to hunt that 11 to 2. Really? Yeah, because they're, all the cows are comfortable. He's comfortable knowing where everyone's at. When they're out feeding and moving around, he's more susceptible for a bull coming in and being able to stay some any cows. Animal. You know? Really? Yeah. So, um, you know, time's critical and, and what their actions are doing, how they're reacting. You. So your kill ratio morning to evening to middle of the day? Oh, I would say between 10 and 2, I would say 80% really? of our bulls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you kidding me? No. no. 
man, a lot of times we're eating SpaghettiOs and tending to. Yeah, that's, that's what everybody yeah. says. We're really? like, that's exactly the time. And slow play it, too. Don't just push, 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 because you know he's going to go somewhere. That's what elk do. They go feed out, they go feed out you know, mm-hmm. during the night, mm-hmm. and then in the morning they head somewhere, safety, to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Nice and cool, damp, usually spot. And that's where we want to get them because, like Cody was saying, you're dealing with one set of eyes. You're dealing mm-hmm. with one set of ears, and, and instead of the whole herd, right, up and aware and looking, all of those girls are bedded down, and he can go, okay, I know where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go fight this guy off, and I'll be right back, or what, or whatever the scenario may be. And yeah. and typically, like on in Rocky Mountain, especially, I wouldn't say this is Roosevelt typically, but if it's if you're on big mountain stuff, those elk. You know, they, they, uh, in the afternoon, you know, midday, they climb the mountain or in the morning, they're climbing the mountain. They're using that window advantage mm-hmm. as a brief, you know, that cold air is coming down mm-hmm. getting sucked down. They bed up on a face or on a bench. And then they're in the evening, they're going to start dropping back down and they'll okay. feed, feed down in the evening and they'll be down in the lower, you know, through the night. And then, you know, they, they use those thermals to their advantage and how right. they feed in the direction okay. that they travel. Um, so that's the hard part. A lot of times in the morning, if you're above or above them, you're going to get winded below them, trying to keep up with them. It's not like, you know, I mean, we'll, like where we hunt in Colorado, you're a lot of that nine, 10,000 foot mm-hmm. and it's steep and you're trying your best to keep that, you know, vocal point. Still of hear them. You can still hear them. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times you'll lose them and you just like hope for the best. Okay. They're going to be up in this pocket maybe. And then, you so know. when you say losing them, are they shutting up? Or are they just getting no, out of distance? just out of here, so, air Because yeah. it yeah. seems like a lot of times these bulls are shutting up on us. But just, maybe they're getting out of distance and we're just not keeping up with them. And so that's where we try different things. So a lot of times with different with, with every different bull, every bull is different, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times a bull will like slam to a, to a chuckle. You know, mm-hmm. they won't, they won't touch a bugle. They won't say anything. And then if you just chuckle, then they'll be able to go back to it. They have certain things that each bull is different that they don't like hearing or do like hearing at the same time mm-hmm. that they'll, that they'll call off to. So I would try all different kinds of bugles, high pitch, low pitch, really? longer bugles. Yeah. And then finally, I mean, sometimes we'll sit in a place and bugle and bugle and bugle and bugle and bugle. Finally, he cracks off and gets really? away his location, and then off the races, we got him again. Hmm. And it's just like, and everybody, you know, like, it was fun hunting with Pure Elevation last year. It's just they're <laughs> like, what What are you guys jacked about? That was one bugle, and I said, well, it just gave away his location. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. You know, let's we get know where that elk's at. It's more we, we had a second ago. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And, and just like Tyler, when we hunted with Tyler uh, Crockett, who we were just talking about. Uh-huh. Anyway, he... Um, we had a bull going all morning, and we followed that bull forever, it seemed like. And we could barely hear him faintly at one point, and then, okay, he's that direction. We keep going and going and going until we finally he got where he wanted to go, and then he got mad mm-hmm. that we were following him that far and came back for a seven-yard shot. I mean, yeah, we didn't end up killing the bull, but <laughs> at the same time, it was one of those things where a lot of people, I think, they go, ah, oh, he's working on He's not going to come and in. He, he's and not going to come in quote unquote shut up well he broke over the top of the ridge couldn't hear. To where we and couldn't. it wasn't until we broke that same ridge that mm-hmm. it was like no okay i had enough of you following me and the same thing like with with trent's bull that he killed we were on that bull just shortly after daylight had him across the canyon literally he like ran down to where he couldn't like it bluffed out across mm-hmm. this creek wouldn't cross we we played this standoff we finally broke the creek he came back down the hill really? after us um, he, he skirted us, couldn't get a shot. So almost Trent got a shot at 60 yards, saw him draw, blew out. It was mm-hmm. like people would have gave up right then. Mm-hmm. We let him go up on the ridge. 
We slipped around, got at the same elevation on that ridge line. Mm-hmm. Soon as we did, I mean, literally, it was like lights out again. He changed his whole demeanor. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. Once like, we got to that elevation mark, where it was like, all right, I'm now threatened by this, and he came in running after he got busted. Really? Like, yeah. yeah. Like you're in his front yard now, you're in his bedroom. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. No. Exactly. Yeah. That's and they and every bull has that threshold that you just hmm. try and push and you try to find that on every single different animal and then mm-hmm. once you do. It's go time. Any difference between, because you guys have a really cool perspective on elk hunting, probably the most unique out there for as far as hunting Rockies and Rosies. Mm-hmm. What's the difference there? I'd, I'd rather I'd rather call a Roosevelt bull any day of the week. Really? Any day. Why Super is that? Super territorial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which one do you like hunting better, Rosies? Um, Man, I don't know. <laughs> They're still elk. I don't know. I like it, both. The terrain dictates the hunt. I mean, yeah. and so... I know for me personally, I like the adventure of being able to go on a backpack hunt and hunt yeah. new wilderness country yep. or anything like that. I love hunting Roosevelt's probably more than anything, mm-hmm. but it's changed so much of the dynamic of timberlands and access and how we yeah. hunt them that it's not as fun as it used to be. I can, yeah, definitely yeah. see that. Uh, yeah, but it's just a bait. Uh, they're such a neat animal, whereas, I mean, what we've done now, you know, with with uh, born and raised and stuff, and and the time that we've put into it, you go to Rockies and you can get a bull to bugle, not anywhere, but you know what I mean. If you get in, you'll hear a bugle, mm-hmm. you know, usually. Roosevelt, sometimes you go a week and you don't hear one bugle, but when you do hear that one bugle, mm-hmm. you've got a pretty darn good chance of killing. <laughs> I mean, those both those bulls huh. that the hush killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey's never made a sound. Nope, just literally sticks breaking. Really? Yep. Yeah. And then uh, the bull BMAC killed, we heard a stick break on a bugle, mm-hmm. and we set up on it mm-hmm. and got aggressive, raking. And it chuckled one time. Yep. Really? It. it chuckled. It raked, and then that came was in. It. Which is the bull that Trevor had to put another one in at, at a long distance? Steve's bull. That was a heck of a shot. Yeah. How far was that? 82? Three? Something 83? like that. Yeah. Holy smokes. Something like that. Is he Chris Kyle with a bow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's good. Trevor's a good shot. Yeah. Trevor's a darn good shot. Shot it right through the heart. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I, it was, I mean, Steve shot it and the bulls just stood out there. And Steve, where he was at lower, he couldn't, because the blackberries couldn't get mm-hmm. a shot. He was kind of moving around and Trevor got up above and he's had, he's got a Tommy Hog spot hog slider. Oh, yep. Ranged it, slid it too. Mm-hmm. And you guys all shoot spot hog? Yeah. Yep. Same here. Yeah. yeah, fast Eddie XL. Fast Eddie XL, yeah, yeah. Three pin. Okay. Um, I mean, those slider sites are game changing for me, and the multi pin sliders are amazing. Yeah. But uh, we haven't really got a chance to talk about Steve and Trevor at all. Yeah. Uh, what is going on with them, and are they joining you for Land of the Free 2.0? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They're, they'll be in and out of the project the whole time. They'll be in Oregon, then they go to Colorado with us. And then Steve's going to join me in Wyoming just for a little while, I, th- I believe. Yep. And then he has to come back home. Trevor's going to join uh, Montana. Yeah, he'll be in Montana the whole time. They'll be in a lot of that. They'll be in a bunch of it this year. Awesome. A bunch awesome. Of it. I actually got a few questions about Steve. Is like a lot of guys are wanting to know is he going to be a part of it this year? I don't think people got to see him enough. Oh yeah. In Land of the Free, the first one. Yeah. Oh yeah. He'll yeah. definitely. He's a cool guy, man. Great dude. Yeah. 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 It's working like his his uh, his daughter Chelsea is like athlete galore. Seriously. I mean, oh, she's a stud. Amazing. Yeah. And so she's a sophomore in high school. So in the fall, she plays volleyball. So mm-hmm. he, uh, he'll, that's the one thing, you know, he, he committed to her to, to make home matches. So that's why he's really, not, yeah. So that's cool. Um, that, that part of it, why he's going to cut short in Wyoming. And then, um, you know, his, 
He's a plumber, so by trade, so time off. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. I thought he was a guide or something. He hunts in like Sitka, Alaska, and stuff for for Sitka blacktails. Just and for fun, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. darn! Yeah, I, I he's thought got he was just points. a traveling guide. He's no. got points everywhere. No, <laughs> does he's, he? He's, yeah. yeah, he's a he's a full time plumber. He's the best in in the whole county. He's like he teaches class on plumbing and stuff. Really? Too. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, shout yeah. out to Steve. Where's he from? Coos Bay. Coos Bay. So if you're in Coos yeah. Bay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coos so, Bay and your toilet breaks, call Steve. There you go. And if you need your teeth worked on, Trevor. Trevor. Exactly. The yep. dentist. And people are like, he's a dentist? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so talking about, that leads me, watch this segue. Family, hunting with family. Nice. Boom. Way to jump right in. Holy smokes. That was almost professional. Yeah, it looked, sounded good. We're, we're kind of smooth, getting getting the getting the grease rolled off here. So hunting with the family, how do you guys pull off 50 days of hunting with the family, and, and what's that even look like? <laughs> no. You, you it had was, a new kid. You had a... Cody had a brand yeah, new one. He's sleeping. he's sleeping right over here. Sleeping. You probably heard him make a few sounds in the background throughout the podcast, but he's been extremely well. Oh, yeah. Man, it was throughout the whole podcast. Good, good timing on getting him to go down for yeah. this perfect <laughs> morning nap. Yeah. I mean, I'll start off. I mean, it was tough. It, when we started Land of the Free, I mean, it would, the, the idea had been in the works for quite a while and then it, you know, formulated and stuck mid or first part of January. And knowing my wife was due on. Mm. July, mid-July, it was like, how's this going to work and play out? (laughs) And so when we started, he was six weeks old when I left filming. And I was gone for like 25, 28 days and came home for a period of time because I wasn't gone the whole period. Trent's Mm -hmm. the one that that was the anchor the whole way through. That's right. Um, I don't know about anchor. Yeah, but but my (laughs) wife, Andrea, I mean, bless her heart, she had, I mean, had our two and a half year old daughter, two year old mm-hmm. daughter at the time, uh, at home with her with a newborn, and she was a rock star, solid all the way through it. So, without her support and blessing of this, it wouldn't have happened for me. Right. And um, luckily, we married twins that have similar mindsets and being able to be supportive. So <laughs> that yeah. almost sounds planned out. Yeah, yeah, we planned it from birth, <laughs> right? An arranged marriage. Yeah, in Coos yeah. Bay and Coquille. <laughs> no, it was, it, I'm not going to lie. It was tough at the, towards the end. My wife, she was great. I mean, she was actually more of a motivator for me the whole time. Cause there's times, you know, cause we were hunting a lot of stuff that was eight, nine, 10,000 feet. So you'd get cell service mm. a lot of times and, and get up on the top of a mountain and, you know, everybody's kind of taking a nap or something. So I'd get to make phone calls at home and, and, um, and talk to them. And I have a, I have one of those, um, in reach. Uh, I'm not sure what it, that is. Well, it's Delorme now. Delorme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and and it, you can text. It's satellite texting. Oh, so it was really cool. So at night, I could text home and see what was going on, and 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 talk to you know talk to my wife and the kids and stuff. So so that helped a lot. But towards the end of it, it was it was like. But she was a rock. She was just. I said, man, I miss you guys, and <laughs> she she would tell me, you stick it out. You you really? only got yeah, you only got whatever you know a week, two week, two weeks left, because mm-hmm. it kind of ran over. We went and then we went to. Montana and we hunted with uh, Phelps and uh, Schmidt and then after that we hunted with uh, Onyx guys because mm-hmm. we were kind of basing around the ending around that wrap party that we did with Onyx we did a mm-hmm. we did kind of a wrap up party and that was the 15th 13th 13th something yep. like that yeah and so we did that and then yeah and then flew my wife flew out uh, to Montana and then got to ride back with me. Cause I, we still had the truck and the trailer obviously. Mm-hmm. And so, and, uh, that was, that was fun. It was, it was a good time as far as that goes. But, uh, and was, I came back and joined him the last five days in Montana. Yeah. Hmm. So. so really 
in order to make it happen, you have to have a rock star wife. Yes, marry a rock yeah. star. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then check that. You better check that box before you go in doing them vows and stuff like that. I hear that. That's yeah. one thing I've been blessed with is Kim lets me get away with. Uh, I won't say whatever I want, but honestly, I I think she would have me gone more than I could be gone because I went on an elk hunt uh, two years ago, eighteen days straight, and I was like wanting to as bad as I wanted elk hunt. I I wanted to come home and see her. And we don't have kids. We have dogs. And I want to come home and see the pups. And I was like, man, that I can't imagine how 40 days would weigh on a guy. I did 53. 53, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. After 18 days, I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, I miss my family. Oh, you do. Yeah. You, you get that. And, and that's right. I say it was kind of neat. If it would have just been me and Cody the whole time, we did one, probably yep. killed each other. Yep. <laughs> and two, never hunted again. But it was every 10 days you're hunting with a whole new group and yeah. new terrain, new style. I mean, a everything. new state. And, and not only that, it's people that you've never hunted with before. So mm-hmm. your mind's kind of focused on that more than, man, I did this yesterday. I ate this mountain house yesterday. I'm <laughs> talking with Cody again, like I did yesterday uh-huh. and I want to go home. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, there was a lot to think about more than just that. It was okay. What's the dynamic of this group going to be? Mm-hmm. How's our hunting style going to, you know, gonna mesh with their hunting style you know that kind of stuff so so there was there was a lot of differences throughout the whole thing as far as as far as just morphing into other people and other things so it was it was good in that realm of um of new experiences all the time so yeah so trent yeah man uh i should say you cody uh steve and trevor all have families Every one of and us, And you yeah. all are making it work. So yes. it's not like it's just a special situation that you guys have these awesome... I mean, I'm sure your wives are awesome, but everybody's making it work. Is is How does that all come together? It's just like the hunting, man. Honestly, it's a team effort. I mean, like, um, it's everybody rooting around. So Trevor has to do something at a certain time. And so mm-hmm. we gather around to, to um, maybe fill in the slack on a hunt or something like that. We mm-hmm. all... Like, we're... Um, well, we all got together actually just last week and I was telling the cameraman that was with us, I said, you know, you don't get to see this very often, all four of us together. It's usually three of us or two of us here. Or, you know, it, it's pretty rare we all get to actually in the same spot. Mm-hmm. And so we really cherish those moments. But um, but yeah, it's just doing it as a team. And um, a lot of times in the, like family stuff, we all hang out together too. Yep. So it's not like we're just together at work, you know, right. And when we're doing that. So... So, yeah. Okay. Definitely. It's well, how hard was it to convince? It was Kendra, right? Yes. How's yeah. hard, how hard was it for her to convince her, you to approach her about, hey, I'm going to quit timber falling here? I'm going to quit my regular <laughs> job and, and start a YouTube channel? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that rock star thing that we talked about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of. Um, no, it's something Cody and I always dreamed about. And um, just as of in the last, you know, year and a half or so it's been actually becoming a reality and there's if i would be lying right to your face if i said there wasn't ups and downs and and doubt mm-hmm. and um but yeah it scary was, moments yeah, yeah. it's a big leap for both of us you know cody he uh he sold full draw film tour he ran that and and grew that really successfully and and then um sold that and then it was like jump in feet first um hopefully you know, hopefully we have the finances to cover it and, 
and and go for it. So hmm. it's been a big, big learning curve. Cody's been a huge, huge motivator in that with his business background, and and he's so so smart in hmm. in that kind of a realm that um, he's guided the company in the right direction and and done really well. That kind of like kind of solidifies what I was thinking, and I haven't told you guys, but I'll, I'll bring it out here. Is is you kind of seem like the the glue or the heart of the of the dynamic and then he's like the visionary the the businessman putting it all together logistics like here's what we're going to do next like here's you know am am i off base there or what's what's the what's the dynamic here because he seems really like the visionary i mean you seem like you're really forward thinking always looking at what's next here's what we can do kind of thing um well how's the dynamic work there is that is that semi-accurate i I think you're Spot on. I mean, Trent, Trent has, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about any glue. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Trent had the saying, what was it? Uh, which one? I got a lot of them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the appropriate ones to say? No. Um, oh, it's a PG-17. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. No, it's, it's uh, honestly, I, I came, not came up with it, or I did, but anyway, but it's like kind of like uh, Cody... He he kind of holds the sword and I hold the shield on the okay, whole. Okay, that's cool. On, like our, that. on our moving forward, he he really has the uh, forward thinking ability to mm-hmm. to um, plan out future stuff and what's you know what's next and what's cutting edge and and um, anyway and I can kind of implement it at times and stuff right. too. So. Well, you and I have a lot, had a long a lot of conversations. You're no you're no slouch when it comes to knowing what's going on and business wise. I mean, right, I don't right. mean to take that from you. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. Because you, you give you me a lot of really good advice. Yeah. Um, and I haven't had a chance to pick Cody's brain as much, but sure. just from listening, watching you guys and listening to you guys, it seems like you're definitely more of the business savvy. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I enjoy definitely. that, that entrepreneurship side of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was crazy. I still remember this too. Uh, on March 3rd, 2nd, 3rd, mm-hmm. this last year, 2017, yeah. um, it was, I remember that it was when Hush was coming up for our annual steelhead trips, the second annual steelhead trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was, yeah, back then it was the second year. Yeah. That year previous was kind of like, we kind of got our eyes open to what YouTube was, what digital space, what we could do. Um, you know, okay, we made a plan. And at that time it was like thinking it was going to be a three year, three to f- three to five year plan for Trent to quit cutting timber. Fast forward 12 months later, mm-hmm. called him that morning. I'm like, okay, this is panning out. This today is going to be your last day cutting. Really? And yeah. Yeah, he went over the hill that day. You were there. I knew that was <laughs> that was destiny. Exactly. Yeah, was That's crazy. where I was like going about that. I remember yeah. he's like, you wouldn't believe it. That. Yeah, I got I up on the landing that. and and here's this guy. He came up to me and he said, "Man, I've been following you." And anyways, yeah. like how that all came about was just crazy. I went straight home, home and told my wife. <laughs> he, he goes, she goes, "You said I got to do I this." Said, you would not believe who <laughs> I ran into today. I had a great conversation. Yeah, yeah that and it was, was awesome. his, it was last day. You know, after cutting for 19 yeah. years. Yeah. Just, yeah, I've never seen a cutter with such a big smile coming over. Wasn't so bad. Yeah. I probably quit early, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, uh, we're going to write six. We <laughs> got four Yeah, we won't go over the logistics of that. <laughs> yeah. No, but, that was uh, a great time. And that it was, it was cool. And there's been ups and downs since then. I mean, we after the project was over and we were editing it, I mean, mm-hmm. we honestly thought that it was financially, it was, we weren't going to be able to make it through the whole project. Mm-hmm. Um and I was going to have to go back to cutting part-time, you know, cutting and then edit at night or something to that effect. But, um, you know, we've always pulled it out, I guess. Always made it work. Yeah, well, so far. <laughs> yeah, and the scary part of it now, we, we just hired somebody. So 
Yeah, you know, got with yeah. A, with a good with a good pay and everything. It's not like your guys are like doing this intern kind of thing where it's not paying them anything. I mean, it's it's like it's a legit position. He's moving it's from a commitment. Utah. He's moving. Yeah. yeah, he's uprooting. So big time. I mean that that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I really I was talking to somebody about that the other day. I'm like, man, these guys are like. Yeah, they have they've had their own business the whole time, but now they have an employee. You know, like holy smokes! That just for a lot of folks, um, owning a business means you have employees, and then if you don't have employees, well, they don't know subcontract cutters apparently. But, no, they don't because uh, <laughs> they're all yeah. Um, but I just I want to get into the business aspect of it, and basically, uh, I feel like there's a huge misconception where Trent, you know, mm-hmm. like in my, in my mind, I think a lot of people are like, oh, Trent quit, you know cutting and and now he's hunting all the time he's having fun and they're you know oh no i get that everywhere i go yeah (laughs) so there's i was talking to somebody about this the other day um i was actually chasing him i was talking to him about this last night i feel like there's a huge the market is saturated horribly with hobby level guys that aren't committed but they say they are you see them on instagram youtube you see them on facebook they're blowing it up you know they may have a t-shirt or hat um really they're just trying to make money quickly, I think. And then they're really just trying to get pro staff and sponsored by people. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing, there's no end benefit for the, for the, for the user. Uh, and I, I just feel like you guys could really dispel that right here. Like there's a lot of hard work. Yeah. That I went think into I, that. It was, you know, and, and we've been talked to a lot about this from a lot of other people. Yeah. And I think what made us successful and got us to where we are now is, mm-hmm. is I asked those people, I say, what, so what, you know, what do you want to do? Well, I just want to hunt, you know, mm-hmm. I just want to hunt. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I, I understand you want to hunt, you know, and that's, that's awesome. Don't get me wrong. And, well, I want to film my hunts and I want to do that. And I said, but what's your, what do you want to do? What's your end goal? Like our end goal is to, um, to, uh, inspire people, you know, right. and to educate people. And it's like, and you got to have a business plan. You got to, you got to have this plan of, okay, this is what I'm doing this for mm-hmm. instead of just, well, I want to hunt. As, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you know, that's fun, right? Yeah. Well, it's a lot Everybody of wants to hunt. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. And, um, well, that, yeah, I've got a spring bear tag and I've been out two times yeah. and the season's been open for yep. 37 days. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and it, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. we're here on a Monday working in the office Yeah. it's, it's definitely not like this whole, I'm not getting paid to go hunting. I mean, we are, like I said, entrepreneurs. So it's for us, there's. You know, there's a lot of office work, a lot of behind the scenes to make things tick when when we do get to go do this 45-day, 50-day adventure. Right. I mean, that, that it's all... Escalating so, kind of up to that. And it's been 11 years in the works to get to this point. Right. There's not... It's We've not done an over... You know, maybe from outside in, some people see like Land of the Free and then, oh, it happened so fast. They don't realize all the years, blood, sweat, tears of... Right. Uh, to make it get to where we. So we went over his basically retirement plan from timber falling. My retirement. Yeah. <laughs> where he just hunts all the time now yeah, and just hangs out. all the time yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you used to work at North River. For folks that don't know, that's a jet boat company here locally. Um, I've got family that actually works there still. Yep. Shorty? Uh, yeah, Shorty. Yeah. yeah. And Caleb and uh, my cousin um, Bubba. Yep. Uh, okay. All those guys work there. It's a great company. Um, great product. Great boat. Um, but how did you get from there to full-time, bro? So I had started at North River in 2005. So I was in it a couple of years before we started Born and Raised. 
Um, so born and raised, like originally the business plan was to produce DVDs and to have a film tour. Mm -hmm. So that was our, like how we all started 2009 rolled around when we launched tagged out in 2008, our wives put on a, a party mm -hmm. at the Egyptian theater in Coos Bay. Yeah. Okay. It was like an invite deal and it turned into like 300 people showed up oh, really? at the movie theater and it was like, <laughs> all right, so this film tour idea, people enjoyed it. Like the energy there it was, it was awesome. exciting. So that's when we formed Full Draw 2010. We did three cities, uh, Coos Bay, Roseburg, and Bend. And uh, against my will, we sold it after that first year. Really? Yeah, to another guy in Bend that was it helped us out. It was a lot of work. You just didn't have the time with full time job. Yeah, exactly. It was okay. just one of those things like, man, there's so much work to do. Yeah. How, we're not. It's you know. I mean, we made some money at it, but anyway. So that is when things really shifted. And then I joined back up with Full Draw at that time. Right. Um, so at one point, I think there was like six owners in it. Oh, wow. So, so we're still doing Born and Raised um, on the side, working full time, then had Full Draw. That kind of grew. We did five shows, then seven. And then in 2013 is when we did 12 shows. And then I was like, all right. I was able to quit my job December 1st, 2013, left North River Boats and had, you know, took the risk of being an entrepreneur and right. had a couple other business partners in it that were, that had good jobs that they, you know, had some free time. So it, it worked as a dynamic. And so, so you say that so nonchalantly, that was a big risk. I mean, really, I mean, I feel, I feel like not a lot of guys would just up and leave their income and, and just do that. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting is like you put it as a big risk when it looks on paper, but like, what's the guarantee? The dynamic, the, the thing that probably changed my mindset was in 2010, 11, I'm trying to think, 2011, 2010, mm -hmm. North River went through a deal where literally the FBI <laughs> rolled in. Like, this is just crazy. Like, the story, I mean, I, I don't want to go into <laughs> That's details a whole about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but literally, it went, my wife and I both worked there at the time. Yeah. Oh, I she, didn't know. Yeah, that. she ran the human resources department there. Okay. Um, I was doing design and project management. FBI rolls in, company shuts down. So mm -hmm. here, you know, what's a guarantee? Great job, all this. Literally. I took Cody out cutting. That didn't. It didn't last. <laughs> yeah, it I, didn't I, last I, a lot I, of time. Did you pinch your bar or something? Uh, <laughs> he did I, not cut himself. I did. Oh jeez. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, I was hit wearing chaps. Yeah, I got it, a little tired brushing in the worst. It was nasty. <laughs> anyway, he was he was timber falling wasn't in his in his. I yeah. see. Yeah. I see. Um, so yeah, I mean, so I guess that was like the mindset of like you have a job. Yeah, I mean it, it's comfortable. It could end tomorrow. I mean you could die in a car crash. You, I mean all these things go into it. it's like what's a guarantee? It's mm -hmm. a job that comforts. It's false security in my opinion. So mm -hmm. I took this risk. Financially, yeah, it was a as a tough one as I walked away half the wage, but my wife was in support of it. We figured out how to make it happen. We leave, li lived leaner. I mean, all these things. So, um, so that was December 1st, 2013 and, uh, built that company up a full draw and then sold it last year in March. So hmm. for in 2017, I guess, March, February, you guys March. are still part of it. Like you still have your hands in it somehow, right? You guys were here at the local one. That's where I met Trevor for the first time. Just helping out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I see. This last year. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was involved with it up until that, this last tour season. Okay. okay. And, um, we were and, so busy this last year though. We don't even, <laughs> we didn't have a video in it or nothing. Yeah. We and, never did. Yeah. So, uh, hmm. actually Jade. Helmick, that's right. 
Yeah, Jade bought it from me, and um, so he he actually helped with the tour. worked worked with me a little bit when when I was owning it, and then he bought it. So um, yeah, so I mean it's it's a great deal. I mean it was a cool foundation to help in the interim because you know Born and Raised didn't have a DVD. We had a film <laughs> in the film tour. Mm-hmm. You know after the TV show, right. it, it was a good way to get content out there. Um, but yeah, so I guess for me, I mean it's all about this like you got one shot at life. You got to just like right. make it happen the way you want it. It's, it's your book to write. I mean, you can have it out how any way you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess for me, you, you make it sound like it's a big step, but at the same sense, like you, you can put in the, the work to make it happen. Right. Well, that's, that's, I think that's a big difference between the guys that do and the don't. They're just willing. First of all, they're willing to fail and, and just keep doing whatever it takes to get there. I mean, I'm sure there's been one or two hiccups along the road since you guys have started. Oh this yeah. yeah, yeah. You try things, and if it doesn't work, you you know try a different avenue and go down another path. You exactly, know? exactly. And so when you guys left, were you guys sponsored? Were you guys getting paid by anybody? I mean, where was the income coming from when when finally Trent came home? Yeah, we had a plan there. I mean, we we pitched the project mm-hmm. um, to some companies, and they financially right. committed to it. So I mean, it wasn't like. All right, we we're starting at zero, you know, right. I mean? yeah, and that's and that kind of leads into like we said, we've been doing this for eleven years, so right. we've been with some companies for a while, and honestly, financially, we never really did ask hardly anything from them the whole time, and it was really really cool that the company stood behind us for that long, that period mm-hmm. of time without you know us asking for any money, but they were just like waiting. I think there was one company that were just like, hey, um, we've been waiting for you guys to ask us because when we finally did, it's tough for to ask for money and just say, yeah. hey, you know, you're going to get this many when some of it's a little bit of a gamble, you know, Makes and sense. it's like, okay, um, you've got to actually prove that you are building, you know, helping this company out with views and with, with exposure and stuff. And um, anyway, they've just been so great. We've been right. with the same companies, honestly, for as long as we've been together. And um, that's what's so neat is you you build these friendships and, and relationships with other people. And and um, it's been a real blessing that way. So when you guys, I'm going to take you back to a few minutes ago when you said um, we just wanted to help and motivate people. To me, a lot of people think, let's get this out there. A lot of people think that your product is creating content like elk hunting videos. Mm-hmm. I think your product is helping people. That's what I think your product is. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it's all about the why, right? Mm-hmm. There's got to be a reason you're doing it. You got to have a why. What, what what's what, what's behind it? And um, yeah, ours is is just you know to to entertain, to educate, and inspire. And, and inspire. I'm sorry. And it's if we're doing that, if we're hitting those those three things, then we're, mm-hmm. we we feel like that we're doing something right. Right. Well, I know from experience back when I started my YouTube channel, I posted a video like, hey, kind of look at me kind of thing. I can shoot 100 and something, 50 yards with a bow and hit what I'm aiming at. Right. And there was no end. I mean, it was kind of entertaining. The the, the footage was absolutely horrible. It was cell phone footage, you know, and I, I had never uploaded a video in my life. It was just like, maybe I'll get noticed if I shoot really far, <laughs> you know. There you go. And uh there was no end. Where I'm going with this is there's no end benefit to the user. I wasn't adding value to anybody's life. I wasn't helping people learn about anything. I wasn't motivating or inspiring. I don't think I was. But I started getting questions on, well, how are you doing that? Well, what products are you using? Well, what release are you using? Arrow, poundage, all this stuff. What are your specs? Yep. And I'm like, I'm going about this wrong. You know, like I, people are hungry for content out there. I mean, 
I think your videos entertained people, but I think they motivated, like you said, motivated, taught people, inspired people to get better and go on more risks. I mean, I'm a product of really born and raised in my opinion, and that's why I wanted to be you guys to be my first episode. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, really, so I mean, I honestly, I'm not just saying that, but appreciate that. Um, I, I feel like I've kind of adopted your guys's motto where that my main goal is to motivate and teach people to be better, yep. you know, hence the on point mo motto thing. Yes. And, uh, when I made that transition into actually helping people, that's when I started to grow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think people really need to get a, a good business plan together. Saying this as a guy who started his journey, but very, very recently in, in the, into the business hunting industry. You guys can probably elaborate on that more, but you need to have a game plan. You need to have an actual product or a service, not just I want to go hunting like you said earlier, or not, the, not this I want to be in the spotlight kind of thing. Sure. Um, can you guys elaborate on that? Because sure. I see that a lot. Yeah, no, I mean, I and I like Trent said, there's a why, there's a mission of what we're doing. Um, you know, we want to provide value, give, give, give. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we over leverage that aspect. We're we're providing free content where people consume this, and it wasn't until the digital space that we could actually execute on that. You mm -hmm. know, with DVDs before was our revenue stream, um, and now you know people consuming our content is does not make us money. They but it's it it uh, provides the incentive for us to keep continually putting out that content right. and and having good content and not just throwing us stinking around the office making jokes. I mean, <laughs> it, it really has a purpose there. I mean, um, so the the biggest thing, like on the business side of life, is just helping people. I mean, and that's really where our you know we just want to continue to help people to you know that fear of failure. It's like, well, what is failure? By not trying, mm -hmm. I think that's a bigger failure than someone going and doing something and not being, quote unquote, successful and filling a tag or anything like that. So right. for us to provide that kind of ability for people to think outside the box and mm -hmm. live you know, a greater life, that's, that's um, for and, us. And it took us a long time to realize that, I think. I mean, we put out videos and we just thought it was... You know, I don't think we thought it was just entertainment, but we didn't really go in depth of how we did certain things. We just showed everything that we did. Right. And it wasn't until, I would say, Land of the Free Project and everything that people really started emailing, like, thank you guys so much. You guys are giving away so much of these secrets, quote unquote, <laughs> of, um, you know, of knowledge. And I, I didn't even, honestly, personally, I didn't feel like we were just, like, giving away, or giving away is a bad word, but even even trying, I guess, to, to provide certain key tactics or whatever, you know, we were just filming everything and then people could take from it what they did. And a mm -hmm. lot of people took out of it that, wow, you guys um, gave up a lot of useful information. So that was really cool that, um, that people resonated with it like that, you know? Hmm. So with the, uh, with the business aspect of it, did you have anybody telling you not to do it? Was there any naysayers? Was there any negative Nancy's? Mm, no, I mean, you got those people that doubt it. You, and everybody's going to hate, right? It's a, uh, it's not everybody. That was terrible. <laughs> no, there's going to be those guys out there, you know, that yep. just don't want to see you concede, you know? Right. So, or, or expose succeed. them is what it is. I yeah. Mean. Yeah. It's like, it's Rogan says crabs in a bucket, right? Yeah. I mean, and it, you know, they, because they may aspire to do that, but don't have the, the nerves or anything like that to take off and try to do it themselves. Right. I mean, um, I, but I think f 
everyone's really been supportive for us. Very. I mean, and mm. then especially like when we went all in and, you know, I mean, here at the loft, like where we're at in this entrepreneurship space, it's totally changed the dynamic of what our company is and how it can be. Um, you know, these guys have been so supportive and we, we, we have a monthly mastermind. So we mm. sit down and it's literally it it's in the trust tree. I mean, we talk financials, we talk everything, where the business is, where our struggles, where our strengths are at. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so there's five other companies up here and everyone's at a different stage. So they've been through this or they, you know, know what the next step would be for us. And that's really changed. Um, I mean, time. literally like, you know, in October we were going, Trent's going to have to go back to work. Um, how, how is this, you know, mm-hmm. cutting timber part-time because we didn't see it. And one of the guys here, Trevor and Seth, um, they're like, well, what about this? And they threw an idea to it and it stuck. And you know, really? financially it was a, a game changer for the company. Yep. So you said the word mastermind. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a term you learn from reading books. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So you guys read books. Absolutely not. Success, business. <laughs> I've read a few. <laughs> not if you can I, help it. <laughs> I, I went through that stage where I was consuming all this content, consuming it, consuming it, reading it, listening to podcasts. And um, I remember a conversation with Trevor. He's like, dude, you know this stuff inside and out. Just mm-hmm. now it's the act of doing. Just right. And it was like that fear of like actually taking that step of like, is this going to work? And, you know, I mean, theory is one thing, execution's another. Right. That's, that's interesting. I kind of have that same background where um take you back you know six years ago i spent four years in a uh and I, i'd call it like a like a motivational and personal development hmm. i'd say program but it was really a mentorship program where you had guys that were way successful and they're taking time out of their day to help you four years 20 something books later on personal growth and on on how to help people when friends influence people you know it sounds like a really mischievous book it's just how to connect with people and help them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the slide edge, compound effect, all those things. I don't know if you guys, any of these books sound familiar to you guys. I'm sure they do. There's a lot that goes into building yourself before you internally before you can put that out there externally. Like you have to build yourself up previously and make yourself that person that can help people. Like the confidence level wasn't there when I first started. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I was doing speaking engagements where there was, you know, hundreds of people there. Um, and my biggest fear was speaking in front of people. Now I have a microphone in front of my face. And so I guess where I'm going with this, because one thing I learned was association. Like you guys didn't have any negative association, really. I can tell that because you guys didn't have much negative flack. Like, you're like, oh, no, not really. Most people would, I think, have a lot of negative flack. I know uh, back when I was doing that mentorship stuff, um, probably 90% of my buddies Really? We're na- yeah, we're naked. And that's what, is it a buddy? I mean. Well, uh, you, you know, I'm still I'm, friends with them today. You see what I'm saying? You have to be willing to snip it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and that you can audit, tell. too, of, right, you're, 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 you're a fifth of your five best friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it, then it they're really holding you back because, right. you know. Well, I, I snipped a lot of them. I mean, and, and as soon as you want to tie that string back, they're there. But you have to be able to cut ties. And I, where I'm going with this is that if people are wanting to start on this journey, mm-hmm. I'm in the same boat as you guys were because I surrounded myself with people, with people that are like-minded because I already went through that snippet phase where I'm cutting those ties with friendships. Well, friendships are rabbit ears, you know. Um, but I learned something that I kind of wanted to share, and I'm not telling you guys, I'm more telling the listener because you guys already know this. No, absolutely. One thing I learned, and I have it written down on my notepad here, is thoughts, words, actions, habits, character. And 
it all stems from input. If you look at your brain and you have a funnel leading to your brain, your association is your input. And if you're thinking about something, you're going to talk about it. If you're talking about it, you're probably going to act on it. If you act on it enough, it becomes a habit, and the habits decide, uh, de you know, decide what kind of character you're going to have. And that has been the biggest motivation for me is I got around people that were wanting to help people. And I think that's how I kind of got the heart today. That's why I pick your guys' brains so much. That's why I'm here. Sure. It's the thoughts, words, actions, habits, character rule that I learned from them. And being able to, to have this platform now, I mean, it's just the input factor for people that are wanting to start getting into this business. You're going to have to go through that snippet phase, and you're going to have to protect that input that you're getting. And if you're not willing to do that for a lot of the folks out there, I don't think they're going to make it. And I think that's why a lot of people don't. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I totally you guys agree. might have a different experience, but I just, uh, for folks that are wanting to go down the road, um, that that's my two cents because I'm not as far as you guys are. So I'm going off of my short journey of things I've had to go through. But what are some things that if someone's wanting to start down the road of getting into the outdoor industry, what are some, you know, I call them ankle high hurdles because they're really, as soon as you make that step, oh, that wasn't such a big deal. Sure. And that's just, I guess my biggest thing, Cody could probably have a lot to put in here, but my biggest thing is it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't, it's not like, man, I want to, you know, I want to do YouTube or I want to do a podcast and, and, um, or whatever. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time and time and, and, and it's being, it, it, and being okay with failing, I think would be another big one. Mm -hmm. You know, not everything's a home run. Uh, not everything's <laughs> and, and a home run. And you can't run. put it out with the worry of if, if it's in your why and that's what you want to do, you got to just share it. And don't worry. There's a lot of like excuses of why you can't do this or what, you know, mm -hmm. all these mental roadblocks of saying, well, my camera's not good enough, so I can't record it and I can't <laughs> share it. Or the, uh, you know, I mean, all these things like, doesn't matter. Just do it. Um, you know, and it, it is it is totally about the marathon, not the sprint. Okay. I mean, so um, you it's a slow build, and I think the the one reason why we've found some recent success um, with Land of the Free is we've done this for a long time. We've built up a great. I mean, our fans are the best on the planet, and I'd say really fans loyal. are the, the people that, that mm -hmm. support us are so. It's such a good tribe. And without that, we wouldn't have been able to do what we were doing because yeah. that, you know, it's that, that thousand, you know, a thousand great people have, you know, really carried us through this whole thing. And, you know, the more, and for us, it's not about the scalability of numbers of how many people, you know, so we can say, oh, we've got 40,000 subscribers or whatever that right. is on YouTube. For us, knowing that the scalability of the impact that we're going to make is mm -hmm. greater, the more people that, you know, so th that's our motivator. It's not about having this big fan base and crowd that follows, you know, what we're doing. It's about being able to scale the impact that we can, you know, have and help people. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the people out there, if you're wanting to do this, you got to figure out the why. What really, you know, it's not about just going getting paid to go hunting so you're wise basically what are your intentions yes okay yeah and really define that down to the simplest core of what what it is and then hmm. from there everything 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 you that you do has got to land in that why yeah. and you guys boiled yours down to three words yeah right it was motivate inspire educate 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 entertain inspire Enter right. okay that's what it was yeah, yeah. entertain educate that's inspire. pretty simple yeah yeah what about you cody or trent 
Same thing. Uh, same thing that that Cody said. It's I, w- I would say that um, man Gary Vanerchuk is we a guy that we follow <laughs> quite a bit. Same here. And he's I mean he's he's all about the get it out there. Don't you know you don't have to relish over oh is it the best is it you know because people mm-hmm. consume content so fast that in, in in our in our media space it's like just you know if it if it hits those three things then mm-hmm. it's something it's down our aisle and so and get it out there and let people see it and um i would just say you know as far as that goes do not be afraid to fail and like you i mean look how far you've grown in just this last short little amount of time you know right. you started out with doing the facebook and the youtube thing and right. now you're doing a podcast and, <laughs> and i don't know your end goals right. i you know i mean right. i hope they're going to be great because i can see great things but but yeah well, i appreciate it, that it could be as big as you want it to be right well dirty little secret i found out podcasts were free uh last year Nice. So I never listened to one until last year. <laughs> I was complaining to some guys. They're all talking about podcasts and stuff. I'm like, I'm not going to pay for a podcast. It's like two bucks an episode. I'm like, what? what? You're an what? idiot. What? Yeah. You don't know the Joe Rogan experience? Oh, you're, yeah. you're missing out. I'm like, what? And then so I, on the way home, I uploaded the app and stuff from Hoodoo and, and about Eugene. I started actually streaming them and I was hooked, man. And then from now, less than a year later. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, you have to be willing to take advice and then use it. Yeah. And that's um, when you and I were talking on the phone last time. Mm-hmm. I made a point to tell you, Mike, you know, all this time you're spending on the phone with me, I, I am using this information. <laughs> this isn't falling on deaf ears. I didn't think you'd be calling if you didn't want to. You know. Right, right, right. And I'm not but saying it, it was all the right information. but yeah. it's just, it's, you, you have the mindset. I mean, just what you said earlier. Absolutely. I mean, how, how thoughts mm-hmm. lead all the way down through into a habit right. where you're going. I mean, you're spot on. I yeah. mean, you'll go execute and crush yeah. it. Well, it, it's just, I, I've, I've honestly, I've probably failed more than most people. I mean, I'm probably the most confident, unsuccessful elk hunter out there. So <laughs> hey, confidence is key, man. But, uh, you know, I, I always think I'm going to kill one every time I look around every bush, but I want to go over the, uh, the, the getting on a pro staff and the, and, and I laugh because I went through that stage where I, I was a pro staff whore, I guess. Um, and I was emailing everybody and there's, sure. it was all about me, you know, this is pre growth, you know, personally. And, uh, what's your, what's your, what do you guys see out there? Cause I see it all over the place. You have guys, especially on Facebook that have 15 pro staffs and they kill maybe one thing every 10 years. Yeah. And it's just, I want people to go out and I want people to approach companies the right way. I was talking to a regional director of a very big organization the other day. I'm not going to use names, but um, and I went about it on accident the right way. I told him like, Hey, I got the wrong form to apply. I'm not an employee of this company, but I've been using guys stuff for exclusively for nine years. I won't use anything else. I'm not coming at you because I'm emailing 15 companies. If you guys say no, I'm still sticking with you. Like what? Sure. I that mean, was good. and it worked out. Yeah. So, uh, how do you guys approach a company and when do you, when do you just give up on that? It's amazing. Um, that's a great question, actually. It's amazing how just that question, the answer for that could have changed so much three years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just with social media and with the way Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, mm-hmm. everybody, because even five years ago, that wasn't really around very much. Podcasts weren't a thing. You know, so I mean, obviously, you're going to do that. You're going to do the cold call. 
Right. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna do the email after email after, you know, and it wasn't too many years before that that you couldn't even email. You had to meet <laughs> these people in person. So I really, mean, yeah, there was things that just changed so much. You know, uh, just getting the right phone number and just, <laughs> you know, we've always had the um, the motto: the squeaky wheel gets the grease. You right. Know? So you just keep in their ear and keep in their ear and hounding them. And, uh, the same companies? Sometimes. I mean, so, I mean, that's the one thing we said. We are never going to make a sponsorship ship shift based on money. It's, right. It's, I mean, it's about the product, the people. Okay. 100%. That, I so mean, if you have company B that offers you 20 grand versus company B that offer, offers you 60, but B sucks. We've turned down some some serious big debt. offers. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. it just doesn't fit in our wheelhouse. I mean, it's not, okay. it's not a product we use, not something we believe in. So I think that's a good way to lose your credibility with people. Too. Absolutely. No, I you mean, you shoot yourself on the foot and make 60,000, do it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah. For us, it's a short, you know, it, that's a sprint move and we're not into it. So that's I mean, good. Yeah. I well mean, put. every, you know, all the companies we've worked with has been something we've believed in from the start. Um, I think, We've only ever changed a pack company, and that's because it didn't exist at the time. And it's something mm. bigger and better, you know, or mm -hmm. a, right, a better right, company. Right. So, other than that, I mean, I've shot a Hoyt since I was 19, 18 years old. <laughs> right. I mean, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, yeah, I mean, I think for us, it's not about like a, and I, we, we're very cognitive of like everything that we do work wise with the companies, they believe in us and our. The way we deliver it is in the authentic, very subtle. It's not like, hey, we. the only reason we killed this is because of this. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a part of a system that mm -hmm. works for us, and we naturally show how that happens and, and everything well, else. So. It, in Land of the Free, literally 50-something episodes, I never once thought I was watching a commercial. Like, never thought I was hearing a pitch for really anything. And that's, but at, at the same time, it, that's what's been amazing is at the same time people say that, but yet they saw everything. They saw right, the benchmark us knife. using, yeah, the Benchmade knives and the, the Exo, Exo Pack and the Hoyts and the camouflage that we wore and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's that influencer, you know, it's just when you see it and see us use it, you know, and, and I'm not saying that we're anybody more than anybody else, but if that's what you want to do and if that's, if that's, you see, you know, success in that, then, then mm -hmm. the, and, it, and it's resonated for our companies that we work with. So it's been really great that way. So really, really great. when you approach a company, what are you telling them? What are you saying? Um, Man, everything is different. Um, you're telling them that, you know, they're going to get seen and, and, and it's they see what we've done, I think, in the past, I think, and the, and the influence that we've had. And maybe we're not that salesy as far as that goes. And mm -hmm. it's taken a little bit, but companies are actually seeing that now and mm -hmm. seeing that that's actually a bigger influence. Right. And then being cheesy and saying, hey, you have to use a Benchmade knife because it's the only one you can get sharp or something <laughs> to that effect. Right. Go get a Benchmade. <laughs> no. I have heard that the steel that they use in that thing is incredible, though. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. S9, it's super, super yeah. strong. And But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, Absolutely. and it, it's for, for um, uh, approaching a company, it's one you better believe in what's going on with that company. Right. The, the the product, the people, the company's mission, you better be on board with it, bar none. Don't just be like, oh, well, they're growing and they've got a lot of money to spend, so we're going to go use them. And, and, and two, you better believe in yourself. 100%. That yeah. would be the biggest to me. You got to go to these companies, and and Cody, that's where he's really, really shined for us. Is he puts up these media decks, and so it's a whole, it's numbers right down to the viewer of this is what you're going to get if you sign up with us. Really, 
And there's some of that that's a little bit, you know, you're not positive. Yeah, because like Land of the Free, we had no idea it was going to be as successful as it was. Right. So we guesstimated, and that's the awesome part about it is when you come in low, it's we way undershot. What way we under, were, you know, which <laughs> right. is cool. So those companies cool. got a good deal. <laughs> yeah, it was great. But you have to have confidence in I have all my numbers right here. This is you sign up with me, and this is what you're going to get. Right. I think a lot of guys that approach people don't do that. <laughs> I right. think it's yeah. safe to say that. Well, it goes back to that. Hey, I just want, I want to hunt, man. Yeah. I want to hunt yeah. for a living. Come on, give me some money. Yeah. And a lot of guys are approaching people that don't use their products. who's just slinging mud. And if they get one that sticks, they get one that sticks. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, like for me, example, I could probably be on with a bow company maybe, but I, that would be counterintuitive for me because I do bow reviews and the company's not going to want me shooting another company's bow and doing a review and saying how good or great it is. Oh, I gotcha. You yeah. know, sure, like on sure. YouTube. So I will probably never be sponsored by a bow company <laughs> or a broadhead company. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I have a lot of fun with a lot of gear. So people just need to, just really need to find out, I think what, like you guys say the why over and over again, what's your why? What's yeah. your intent? Yeah. What is your product or your service? Because really no one's going to pay you to go out there and hunt. No, it's not going to happen. Maybe Jim Shockey. Or Cameron Haynes, you know, like if you're kind of like that public figure kind of guy, you're producing something when you go out there and you're hunting. You're either producing content or you're, you're a gear review or you're doing something. You're producing something. No one's just going to pay you to go out and film it with a GoPro to, to do something. I mean, really, that's what it boils down to. I mean, and I can't say nobody, but your chances are better at winning the lottery. Yeah. I mean... And that's and that that's the whole thing with us. I mean, that's our goal. You know, that's, right. that's our whole goal is to is to do the emails we get now of so many people that are going out of state for their first time this year. Yeah, because we inspired them to do that. That's that's what I want, dude. I want to. I want to. So it's so yeah. amazing. I mean, it's so amazing. I I, I got to share something with you guys real quick. We just got a a DM on our um, Instagram page the other day, mm. and um, it was Instagram uh, is hot right now it hot. is dms are the thing that like i've gotten a few deals through instagram dms really yeah like more than emails yeah i don't think i think you're talking directly to the person that actually does marketing some of the times and that's maybe the, what it is yeah I don't, I don't know possibly yeah maybe that's a new trend it all goes down on, is that what trevor <laughs> says it all goes down on the dm yeah <laughs> oh so you already figured that out <laughs> yeah so this this one comes from a, a gentleman here in oregon just want to share this with you guys over the past year i spent a lot of time watching you guys my wife and i quit our corporate jobs in the valley and moved to the oregon coast to a small time small town where my wife grew up to raise our kids right and spend time making memories you guys inspire a lot of people including me um he goes, I usually hmm. only hunt blacktails in Roosevelt, but you guys inspired me to try something new. I got a spring beer tag, and wouldn't you know, <laughs> first 20 minutes on my first day, I got it done. Plus, my six-year-old son was with me to oh, experience wow. it all. Just wanted to say thank you for all you guys do to inspire us, what we love, and share it with those that keep keep up the great work. The content you guys put out is so real and raw. That's why it's so easy to connect with you guys. Mm-hmm. Here's to the next generation of hunting and conservation. Like that right there, that those messages... Hundred oh, percent. Yeah, that's I mean, worth sixty grand a year. You know, that's it's, worth it's that's amazing. worth all the hard work. It's for us that like that inspires us to get those types of messages. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the experience at the Portland Sportsman Show this year was so humbling. So I mean, just people coming up and sharing what 
impact we'd oh, had man. with them. It was just, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Well, that's one of the things that I think your guys' <laughs> go back to the why. I think your guys' intent on the videos, no one's trying to be that guy. No one's trying to steal the spotlight. It's just a group of friends going out hunting, doing what they do. Absolutely. And then sharing it with guys. I yes. mean, and you're not, you know, uh, like Jason Matzinger, you know, <laughs> I was talking to a guy, four butterflies land on a leaf and then they take off and then there's a beautiful time lapse thing. It's It's just raw footage and then with a little bit of with nice camera equipment you know you have good shots good good lenses good right. quality but you're not like walking up to the to the elk and the, and the the cameras right next to the antlers and it's all staged kind of thing that's what i like is is you're walking up to the animal with the guy for the first time mm -hmm. and it's all really cool seeing that raw emotion yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and there's nothing against the the cinematography you know the oh, no. cinema cinematographic or whatever you call it um hunting out there that's that's top-notch stuff i mean i love jason matzinger stuff but it's just two different ends of the spectrum mm -hmm. and uh like the primos guys like i think a lot of people really gravitated from from that because it's it wasn't really relatable i mean not everybody goes out and kills a six point every every call setup or no. what it looks like yeah. you know no um <laughs> once you realize that it was a lot of you know private property sure yeah you know i mean it, it lost the luster and that's but but at the same point that's all that was being shared. So that was that's like all that inspiring. Was. We watched uh, yeah. every year. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, here. truth five when Brad first smokes the bull and throws <laughs> that's his my, bow. It's that's just, my favorite one. That guy's a freaking shot. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a great shot. But <laughs> no, I, that, we watched every year. I mean, and we loved it. Yeah, I'm not Ranch, a hoochie mama. Oh yeah, you gotta have one. Found one of those <laughs> in Colorado backcountry this year. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, meh, <laughs> meh. I remember we're listening to Corey Jacobson saying he was bugling one time and then somebody hits a hoochie mom and the bull comes in yeah. <laughs> after he got him in like, Oh yeah. Anything can happen, but anything can happen. Well, I think we've covered a lot on this podcast and I appreciate your guys' time. Is there uh, is there anything you want to say for yourselves? I'm just, I'm just excited for you, man. When yeah, you said, "Hey, can I? Can you guys be on my first podcast?" I was like, "That'd be pretty." Yeah, yeah, that's this an honor. thing is going to be humbling. uploaded. I'm going to upload this thing as you know as soon as you send me the stuff. I'm going to upload it and then hopefully go bear hunting this evening. So, boy, put my phone away and just ignore all the comments and just go out and have a good time. And, but uh, thank awesome. you, thanks both of you. And, and Cody, do you have anything you wanted to add? No, I mean I, it's inspiring to hear you and what you're going through. Mm -hmm. I mean, if there's anything along the journey, I mean, mistakes that we've made, questions we could answer, I'd be happy to help. Yeah. But I'm so stoked for you to. Oh, I appreciate yeah. it, man. I was I used the metaphor the other day. Uh, you know, like Angry Spike Productions kind of built the road, you guys paved it, and I'm hope hopefully I'm putting lines down. So. <laughs> I love, I love it. it. I love it. <laughs> so, but uh, all right, guys. Well, that is episode one with the Born and Raised guys. And again, thank you so much for being here. I'm sure I'll have you on the future. Absolutely. And, uh, Many times Absolutely. as you want. We'll catch you on the next one. Let me know. All right. All right we'll see you, brother. Thank you. Bye. Okay, guys. So that's the episode with uh, Trent and Cody from Born and Raised Outdoors. It's time to pick a winner. And uh, after drawing from all the names, it was uh, somebody off of Instagram. And it was uh, Sam Bone Rogers, and he wrote in uh, with a question which qualified him. And it was uh, navigating life with wife and kids and being gone hunting a lot. How do they make it work? Well, we covered that in the podcast. I hope you got your answer. And uh, I will DM you on Instagram to get your address. So thanks for writing in. And we have plenty more giveaways where this is coming from. But we're probably going to make them more towards uh, Instagram, or excuse me, towards uh, the the iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean comment and reviews. So uh, if you want to get qualified, leave me those five-star reviews. Make sure you comment or I won't know that you did it. So as always, guys, I will see you on the next one. Bye.